We are rolling. We're rolling. Yay. We have a little drinky real quick. Okay. What the whistle? Mm-hmm. It's like being at the aquarium. <laughs> Just like being at the aquarium. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. To our third rodeo. <laughs> to our third. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. I know it's stupid. That's why I did it. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're happy to have you. Um. Oh, my gosh. So happy to be on this little couch again. So happy to be getting into it again. I think. I don't know. Today's going to be kind of similar to what we are doing usually is like talking about media movies and such but today has a little twist on it a fun little twist do you want to tell everybody the twist i think we already told everybody in the last probably did episode yeah my big old mouth yeah no Uh, i'm in case you forgot (laughs) the twist is nostalgia i fancied a little walk down memory lane tonight so come along with us but before we begin, mm. um, Sean, is there any like recent things going on in your life? You hot topics. Um, geez, what are my hot topics? I went to a concert last night. I How went was to it? see Casey Musgraves. It was really fun. She puts on a really cute show. And honestly, <laughs> I was definitely not expecting this from a crowd that was like eighty percent cowboy hats. But the queers were out, bro, and everybody was loving it. Hell yeah. The girls, the gays, and the theys pulled up to Casey Musgraves, and everybody in that bitch was being celebrated so hard. It was kind of beautiful. Good. No, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm neither a hater nor a fan. Yeah. So. No, I, I think she's uh, a lovely girl. She's got a lovely voice. And I had a very fun time at her concert. Did you win anything? Uh, did I win anything? Did actually, you win any I bread? did. Oh, wait, wait. You actually won something? <laughs> I, I totally forgot to tell you this when I came home. Oh, my God. How did I forget to tell you this? Well, I mean, I was dead asleep. So, it seems... I'm going to lay it out for you. It seems ever so slightly scammy, like small, tiny red flags, tiny, tiny, tiny red flags that will probably grow into regular medium sized red flags. I my friend group and I, as we were going to <laughs> the crypto dot com arena, the crypt, the crypt, we were pulling up to the crypt and we were making our way to our seats and we noticed a bunch of commotion with a bunch of little kiosks and there's a man handing out raffle tickets. So obviously We all get very excited. We go over. We see what it is. And you basically just like take a raffle ticket, a random generic raffle ticket. Could have been purchased at a dollar store. Looks like it. Go over to this kiosk, put in some of your uh, personal information, and you get to spin a little virtual wheel. And the fucky thing is me, my friend, my other friend, and my other other friend, we all won a two-day free vacation to Hawaii. (laughs) Like, Someone definitely stole your information. Yeah, no. And honestly, they went to go talk to the guy after we all won trips to Hawaii. They were like, what is this? And the man was like, yeah, no, you like do a $50 deposit and you go to basically what is a timeshare meeting and then you get the deposit back and then you get two free days. And I know it's condo people. I fucking know it's condo people. It's a condo scheme. But it was nice to have that fantasy for like five minutes. And technically, I did win two free days to Hawaii. No, I think you got pwned. I don't think you won two free days of Hawaii. <laughs> well, if I go to a meeting that I absolutely do not want to nor plan on going to. Is it in Hawaii? No, it's like in Orange County or some shit. Yeah. You have to go to like a condo meeting and then you get to go. And I'm like, no, that's not happening. But you know what? You win some, you lose some. Well, it looks like you won some. At least I had a bunch of beers. <laughs> Good. <laughs> At least I got drunk. And I got to live in a fantasy world where 
me and all my friends go on vacation for two days to Hawaii. I mean, hey, if you want to, you could just like pull through and just actually go through with it. I don't think it's worth it. I don't know. The idea of sitting in a meeting and desperately being held hostage and fighting for my life to not own a timeshare in Hawaii. I can't think of anything I would want to do less. I can't do it. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> Did you win anything recently, Andy? What a specific question. I was trying to make a joke about breadwinner. Oh, God. And I totally just derailed it. No, it was actually quite fascinating. <laughs> That's, that was much better than my joke was ever going to be. So I appreciate Surprise, it. Surprise. Your girlfriend's a little dumb. <laughs> no, it's no. The joke was a little dumb. I got a little excited. My I girlfriend fun, won though. something. Wee. So what's up with you, Andy? What's up with you? Any new fun things going on in the world of Andy? Not really. Um, Not really? I mean, typical Andy shit. Come on. We had a pretty good week together last week. You, you know what we did? We did. But I think the best part of it was watching Smiling Friends with you. <laughs> Shout out Smiling Friends. Smiling Friends is a uh, little adult swim show. Yeah. Featuring a YouTuber I've been watching for almost 10 years now, Mike Stoklasa from Red Letter Media. Shout out. We love Red Letter Media in this house. Yeah. He was the uh, the voice of some guy. And for some reason, he's in another shot in the show. And... I don't know. I enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, Xavier Renegade Angel-esque, <laughs> but not as weird. I was definitely like on the fence for the first couple episodes, but the jokes that hit in that show are so funny. Oh, They're yeah. so, so, so funny. It does get a little gross sometimes, though. And that's kind of the point. Yeah. It's very like, I don't know if you ever watched Ugly Americans. No, I never did. I couldn't take the art style. I thought it was exactly. so ugly. Yeah, same thing for me. And something about just like the world being gross just kind of worked yeah. for me. I don't. I I get it when it's like it's for the joke. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Come on, laugh. But like if it's just overall just punishing to look at, it gets a little tough for me. But Smiling Friends, I think, found a very good balance between like gross out imagery and, and like actual shit that usually makes me laugh. Yeah. Good. It was really, really good. It had this quasi like wholesomeness to every episode. They found a way to make people smile in different ways, which I appreciate. And the characters are iconic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. His iconic 7 p.m. nap. I'm still thinking about <laughs> that. Line. Mr. Frog eating the TMZ <laughs> yes. reporter. That was incredible. That yeah. shit made me laugh so hard. It was a very, very good show. For and real. a quick one, too. It's like, what, six episodes? Eight episodes? Yeah, about so. Yeah. yeah. And they go they go fast, Like too. 10 minutes each, yeah. So check it out. Yeah. Binge it if you, uh, if you need some content. Hope they get a uh, season two. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anything else? posters for it. Anything else? Anything else? Um, I don't know. Shout out us. We had a very, very fun Valentine's Day, and um, we did a little celebrating over the weekend. So, yeah, I, I had a very fantastic week of just... Seeing friends, eating good food, hanging out. It's been fun. It's been a good February so far. It's been a fun time. Fun February. Yeah. But I think it's time we take it back. Let's take it back. Way back. back way, way, way back. A really fun time. <laughs> the early 2000s. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. There was the uh, the great philosophical question of the era that most people knew. Mm-hmm. The question being, who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? You know what the song's about, right? <laughs> Ugly women at the club. Oh, boy. You said <laughs> it, it, not me. me. Sad. You said it, not me. No, I mean, like, come on now. Let's all just have a critical listen to the lyrics. Who let the dogs out? And it's tough because sometimes you are one of the dogs and you want to have fun too, but nobody wants to let you out. I don't think you've ever been one of the dogs. But I hate saying that. This is a pro that. dog household. I hate saying that, though. That sounds so gross. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're all beautiful fuck you whoever wrote that song it was someone iconic though right baja men baja men yeah what are the baja men doing they had one other song about like women or something I don't know, <laughs> girls I don't profiting off of exploiting no literally women. like they had like one other song you might know but stinky that was the baja men they were the voice of the 2000s voice of a generation yeah. and let me just put a little sparkly bedazzled asterisk on this we are technically speaking 90s babies, but I was um, too turnt to remember the 90s and two babies. So I mostly remember the early 2000s and the 2010s. I don't remember anything. really. <laughs> I was shredded. Dude. I had to Google things that I might have liked, you know. I mean, honestly, we did both prepare lists this time. This we is did. an incredibly organized sesh. But once again, I, I am still able to get laughed at because I wrote mine on paper. <laughs> And you typed yours. <laughs> I'm a modern woman. You still give me shit for it, but I, I like the, <laughs> the feeling of parchment, you know? I mean, paper comes in handy, but I know uh, I'd be spilling stuff. I'd be losing things. I need it on something expensive and shiny <laughs> that I have to keep on my person 24-7. But yeah, no. We're going to kick it old school on this beautiful evening and open up our list of nostalgic things and nostalgic little moments that we would like to reminisce on. <laughs> there goes the paper it didn't rip it didn't rip it sounds like it did but it didn't would you like to kick things off young andy oh, not really not really okay well set the scene for us setting the scene taking us back um <laughs> childhood for me happened in a different part of california a very very suburban little part so i personally in terms of pop culture and things that were going on at the time i was kind of sheltered from some of it just because my family was very like granola we don't have cable we play board games so I feel like in a sense I am not the best representation of early 2000s existence but what I do remember I remember being pretty fun and wacky well it's not about stuff and media mm -hmm. you were there I was there you, there's things that you know <laughs> are special to you but i wasn't cool andy <laughs> no one was cool in the 2000s man that's true the, Maybe the like, cool kids of the 2000s are the losers of the 2020s yeah like what baja men like the baja men <laughs> this is an anti-baja men household i love it speaking of the baja men um i feel like a lot of music from the 2000s was very iconic yeah a and, lot of it and there's a lot of great artists who some of them are relevant today some of them are very <laughs> much not and are there any on your list that you want to you want to talk about anyone specifically the ones that definitely had like the biggest impact on me that i remember from like being a fucking kid with like a cd player like my dad's walkman in my bunk bed i used to take my mom's walkman yes. to school yeah hey yo walkman babies yeah i loved my little cds i didn't particularly buy my own music until I decided I had a music taste. So like growing up, it was a lot of what my dad would like buy for me at the store. Like, oh, she would dig this. I kind of dig this. What this kind of music fine. was it? It was, I mean, it started out with Kids Bop, which is obviously still around, but an iconic, iconic creation of the 2000s. You listen to Kids Bop? I had some Kids Bop CDs. I remember I had Kids Bop 3, which I felt was like a relic because at the time they were at like 30 or something. Little did we know, we're in like the what, millions now? <laughs> yeah, they're up there. They, those those kids are not kids anymore. They have covered every single song that has ever existed, I think, yeah. at this point. No, it's crazy, actually. Yeah. I had Kids Bop. I had, um, God, what was his name? I had a Jesse McCartney CD. Oh, no. Yeah, dude. I was a Jesse girl. I liked him. 
I can't remember a single fucking song that he's done, but I loved that man. <laughs> well, I, I know a, a very 2000 CD that you still have. What? Crazy Frog. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop. That's my most prized possession. I don't want people knowing that I have that. You keep it in your... It is, it is the coolest thing that you still have. I fucking love my we crazy need to hang frog that. We need to display it like, with the other CDs that we have. Absolutely. Yeah, that nice. is the coolest thing that I own. Sometimes, like, if shit was bad for me back in college, I would just have it in the CD player. And, like, radio's not working. Phone's not working. Bing, bing. All the way down the highway. Bing, bing. She got me where I needed to go. So, like, <laughs> I, I honestly couldn't tell you if Crazy Frog is actually a, a good song or not. A part of me is clouded by nostalgia and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a goofy, wacky song. But also when I was a kid, it was goofy and made sense to me. Yeah. Did did people take it seriously like adults? Like, what was it? I don't know. I prefer to think of it in like a Marie Kondo way. Like, did it spark joy? Absolutely. Does it still spark joy? Absolutely. I'm just more curious about why it does. Because, like, you know, it, it is art. Art is anything that moves you. Shit, that song moves me. That is art. I like, still have the CD, bro. I don't know. There's a part of me that wonders if it was actually like a popular song amongst like other people or just us because we were kids. I don't know. It definitely reached its target audience at the right time and just got into my soft brain meat and stayed there. But honestly, I'm sure there were tons of minivan parents like probably mine that were listening to the Crazy Frog CD every time they had to shuttle their kids somewhere and <laughs> were probably just this close from losing it. Or they were really liking it and they're waiting for you to get out so they can go bing, bing, bing. on their own. <laughs> nice. Um, another really wacky song that when I was a kid, I thought was like kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I thought like, why do people listen to it? Then I got old and I was like, actually, the song kind of fucking rocks. What is that? Um, Blue by Eiffel 65. Dabba dee, dabba die? I think, yeah. <laughs> I have the most like fever dream memory of that song. We were doing the the walkathon at my elementary school, and every time that song would come on, me and my friends would absolutely go ape shit. <laughs> it was a really good vibe, and I, you know what? I remember enjoying it very much, and I think I would still listen to that song and be like, you know what? Let's take it. Let's do a little walkie walk. It, it's it's a great song. It's it, I don't know. I'm smiling talking about it because it's just goofy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's also kind of a bop. Did you, um, I know they, I forget who did it, but there was like a documentary done on the guys who made that song. On Eiffel 65? Yeah. They're like a bunch of Italian, I believe, like EDM stars that were thrown together to make a song and then they did it and it was incredible and they were just never able to like truly replicate the success going forward. How do you beat that song? You can't. That's peak music. (laughs) They did it. They did it in the in the 2000s, I believe. What a time to be fucking alive. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's like, you know, Eiffel 65 and like Bob Dylan right underneath. There it yeah. is. Yeah. That's music for you. That's all you need to know. And then Crazy Frog. And then Crazy Frog, obviously. Lest yeah. we forget. And then Baja Men. And then Baja Men. <laughs> and then another one I want to mention, <laughs> Smash Mouth. Oh, word. That's one that, like I said, some are so relevant. Smash Mouth tried coming back and didn't he go on like some... Smash Mouth is a mess. Didn't he go on like a rant or something? I believe... From what I read, the frontman of Smash Mouth was performing a concert in which he was terribly intoxicated oh and boy. just belligerent. So I know he like slurred a bunch of dumb shit and was like falling around on stage. But I think at one point he did something that some people construed as like a Nazi salute. Oh, no. <laughs> did he get his mouth smashed? I mean, he should have. Yeah. I think he did. I, do- I have to double check this for sure, but. 
I think he pulled the classic, like, that's not what it was. Yeah. I was just a little drunk and it looked a little questionable, but I had good intentions. Unless he also said something. I don't think he said anything. I don't think while so he either. was doing this alleged yeah. Nazi salute. It was a while ago. I don't really remember much of it. And but, honestly, yeah. this goes to show like, how relevant they still are. It is iconic, but Smash Mouth, Troubled Queens, what has happened to you? Yeah. I don't know. I definitely would not know Smash Mouth without Shrek, though. True. Period. True, true, true. Yeah, I feel like Shrek definitely put that song like on the map for a different reason. It was Ooh, big. Yeah. It was big, but it put it back on the map in a very different way. But there's like a section of my mind cornered off for songs I learned from the Shrek franchise. The Shrek 2 soundtrack goes fucking hard. Incredible. I'm, let me look back at it. <laughs> While I'm looking at this, are there any other artists from the 2000s yes. you want to talk about? Oh my God. I feel it appropriate to shout out uh, Miss Avril Lavigne. She was a good one for me. Hell yeah. I loved her. That was one of my first like CDs that I was like, dad, I want to go to the record shop and I want to buy this for myself. And he was very stoked on it. (laughs) And I remember putting all of those songs from the CD, ripping them onto like this janky ass little MP3 player before, I don't know, Apple had like taken over the entire world. You could just buy like little dinky ones off of amazon which my dad loves to do he loves buying dinky little electronics off of amazon so i had this little mp3 player and i put all my songs on it and my mom comes by and wants me to show her like how it works like oh my gosh this little piece of technology how incredible but what i didn't realize that i was showing her all of the songs in my library and there were little e's next to some of the avril lavigne tracks and she did not appreciate that (laughs) but I learned what what that what the little e next to a song meant that day. And you know what? Shout out my father because <laughs> he was very cool about it. He was like, "Hey, it's artistic in- expression. We're not going to limit our kids." Well, your dad listens to a lot of Wu Tang and gangster rap, so I'm sure. He oh yeah, <laughs> that's definitely my father. Yeah, totally. <laughs> did you look at the records I brought home on the shelf? I did. Lots yeah. of lots of Wu Tang. <laughs> lots of Wu Tang, bro. <laughs> he has that one Wu Tang record that Martin Shkreli bought. Oh my god! Your dad what? bought it back from him. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, Wu Tang and Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> so going back to your MP3 player, yeah. what, what device was it? Because I remember when iPods first came out. Yeah, that was the shit, and there was like the Zune, and somehow. My brother and I didn't get either of them. We had yeah. the even the even lesser known one called the the little monster. <laughs> I have no idea. It was Oh it, what? <laughs> it was cool though. It was it was a lot thicker and like bulkier than the the first generation iPod was. Um and it wasn't like a touch pad swirl thingy. Uh-huh. It was like it was like a wheel with like a physical keys. Oh my god. And there's like a button you can press to like record. Like it was like a like a pocket recorder too, so there's a mic built in. It was really nifty, but yeah, I don't know much about it. It was called the Little Monster MP3 player. and Interesting. That was my buddy for a bit. No, I don't remember. If I can find a photo of it, I know exactly what it looks like, but it is so outdated at this point. Like, I don't even know why it would have a presence on the internet. It was just tiny little rectangle. They came in a couple different colors. There was like this circular little black screen and a little thing for buttons and a wheel it was it was very compact and kind of shitty but the little monster i'm obsessed with the little monster <laughs> yeah i gotta find that but that's incredible yeah um another artist i want to talk about from the 2000s that kind of has a weird relevancy today outcast they were outcast was huge in the mm-hmm. 2000s they put atlanta on the map um stank on your studios was like the shit at the time and it's just weird seeing how andre 3000 and big boy have gone in 
even Killer Mike, actually. We love Killer Mike. Yeah, they've gone in such radically different directions. Um, Killer Mike is, you know, staying political, staying really musically active with Run the Jewels. Andre 3000 is, like, acting now. He did that Jimi Hendrix movie. He did? He that movie. did? Yeah, he played Hendrix, but I think they couldn't afford or couldn't get the rights to any of the music, so we didn't actually play anything. Oh. Then he did the movie High Life with Robert Pattinson. He's doing, like, really weird stuff. Then there's Big Boy just figuring it out. Interesting. Honestly, this goes to show how little I know about Outcast. I was not aware that those were the three members of Outcast. Really? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, like my only exposure, and this is probably not even correct, and you're probably going to have to cut this out because I'm wrong, is is Hey Ya by Outcast? Yes. Okay. What if I yeah. told you no? I would what, kill myself. Who would you think it was by? Who would you think Anybody it was by? else. Olivia Rodrigo? I don't fucking know. <laughs> but little correction. I don't think Killer Mike was officially a part of outcast he wasn't he's in a bunch of their songs hey i think he was just like a part of the label or something but he wasn't like an official member I believe. okay well thank you for educating me my only exposure to outcast was hey ya through uh just dance two for the Wii. so thank you that's sad <laughs> <laughs> you weren't there for like when it was the song on the radio i mean no see i i was very suburban very suburban not a lot of exposure to pop culture Damn. just kind of ripping the vhs bro Kicking it on PBS. You know how it is. I used to like, I don't know, MTV, when they actually played music videos, they used to play Hey Ya and like, what song was it? Um, The Whole World, another Outcast one. Mm. Those, I don't know, going home and just watching MTV and watching them just play music videos all day was burned in my brain, but especially Outcast. Thank you, MTV, for Thank you, MTV. Me, for rotting my fucking brain <laughs> with Rob Deerdeck and Beavis and Butthead. See, now I seek out that stuff because I'm like, okay, I missed like such a huge chunk of what people were talking about. <laughs> I'm just never going to get these references and jokes unless I figure it out for myself. And honestly, going back as like kind of still within their target audience, but aging out of what their content was, it was really, really interesting. I was just like, oh, I feel like... Oh, I'm I'm a cool kid. I'm a cool kid. Finally, I'm watching fucking Fantasy Factory and <laughs> all these music videos that my my parents were like, "That's we're not putting that on TV." <laughs> but they did. But they did. But they did. But they did. So I went off and did some little little bit of research. Oh, I love on the Shrek Two soundtrack. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Are you ready to see how hard this fucking soundtrack goes? Let oh her my rip, God, dude. let her rip. So first of all, you have Counting Crows. Incredible. Um, Fru Fru. I don't know who that is. Educate yourself. Uh. Um, Dashboard Confessional. Ah. Eels. Tom Waits. Oh my God. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Finally, you have Live in La Vida Loca, covered by Eddie Murphy and Antonio Banderas. Incredible. And I remember that one. I remember the whole sequence in the movie they dedicated to just that song. Oh, yeah. It was at the very end, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, every movie around that period ended with some sort of organized dance and song number. They had to. They still kind of do, don't they, though? Like, look at, like, Zootopia and, like, what was the Sing movie that we saw? A lot of these animated movies still kind of keep that tradition going, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's when you think about it, it's a really easy, fun, engaging way to tie things up. And I guess so. Usually lives leaves people with like a little smile on their face. I get why they do it. I find it charming sometimes, but it has been absolutely beaten to death. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that could be a great segue into... Segway, our, segue. Do you want to talk about any like movies or TV shows or cartoons when you were a kid? Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly... I'm definitely nostalgic about like TV and movies and stuff, but when I was thinking of like, oh, what's the the media that I consumed that I think of 
most closely with like growing up honestly it was like early internet and like youtube stuff well as far as movies go um i don't think i have too many that i'm like truly nostalgic over Mm -hmm. but i came up with a pretty decent few Mm -hmm. the first one being jurassic park my brother and i used to watch that fucking vhs all the time Mm. and like to this day the effects still hold up and i just i don't know i i always feel great and feel like a child watching that movie again seeing the fucking long neck dinosaur (laughs) makes me just smile every fucking time i see it yeah and it's a hell of a movie it has hold up it Mm -hmm. has hold up (laughs) and they're putting out a new one so uh (laughs) i don't get this i don't get this where you have Mm -hmm. like uh, the first trilogy of Jurassic Park, two out of three of them suck. So then they say, let's give it a shot. That movie ends up being the biggest movie in the world at the time mm-hmm. with Jurassic World. Then they do another one and it sucks. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? One more, baby. One more and they go back to the very beginning where they're bringing back Sam Neill and Laura Dern. Oh, is it like a prequel thing? It's not a prequel, but they're bringing them back to be like, oh, a couple dinosaurs escaped and repopulated and... They're like Dinosaurs. roaches. They're everywhere. Yeah, it's the same movie for a fifth time. And this job is too dirty. Not anyway. even Mike Rowe could do it. That's a fucking nostalgic show. Dirty Jobs? Dirty Jobs oh, with Mike yeah. Rowe. Mike Rowe's a legend. He seems like such a fantastic human being. We've interviewed him a few times at work, and he's just he's a lovely guy. He seems incredible. Yeah. No, I, I, I love Dirty Jobs. I couldn't actually watch most of his show though like the poo poo pee pee episodes those are the best ones i'm a very squeamish gal and that started as a child do you think micro smells no i mean i hope not he probably smells after certain days of being micro but i don't i don't i hope for his own sake that he smells good and he has a good life i'm sure he does shower and bathe in his hygienic but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think only seeing him be stinky on TV, I just associate him with stink lines. Stink. (laughs) Oh, my God. Brain blast. Here's a fucking TV show that I used to watch with my family all the time that I think you will also feel similarly excited about. Motherfucking Survivor. Ooh. Ooh. Reality television, bro. Survivor was a crazy one when it came out. I I remember everyone was blown away by it. When did it come out? early 2000s i remember seeing i think it was season two whichever one was in africa that was the first one that i saw with my with my brother and my dad and we're like all just like late night watching tv and watching fucking survivor Mm -hmm. late at night and this shit is crazy yeah it was the craziest shit at the time Mm -hmm. meanwhile in other countries it's called living you know it's not a game show to them (laughs) too dark we'll cut that out um, another Christ. movie I'm really nostalgic about. Oh my god! Uh, one that we actually saw the the recent iteration of Jackass. Oh my god! Yes, I remember like sitting around and like watching those VHS tapes and those DVDs with my parents, and they were like, "My coworker gave me this," and you know, they're like, "Yeah, I shouldn't be here to watch it." But my parents were like, "Yeah, yeah probably watch it." No, literally, that's one of those ones where I was like, okay, I have to circle back so I can feel like a cool kid. I need to know what the fuck these people are talking about. And I just fell in love with the franchise. It is such a fun little world they've created for themselves. I mean, I, fun is probably not the best word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I, don't, I didn't even fall in love with the with the show and the movie. I think it's just the people themselves. Yeah. They're just lovely to just see them bicker and be 
brothers and yeah. hang out. It's really nice and refreshing to see like that kind of friendship just kind of blossoming on television. Mm. Yeah, definitely. No, that's exactly what it was. Like, I can't say I'm a huge like ugh, stunts shooting people kind of it's whatever but their relationship with each other is just so charming and entertaining and they ca- they carried it over into the new one incredibly well yeah mm-hmm. um featuring a lot of great new people but yeah it was just great because i remember being a kid and they had the obvious you know warning the following sons are done You're doing by professionals. the voice pretty good thank you <laughs> i remember being a kid and thinking i'm not gonna do that but lo and behold third grade rolls around and my friends and Uh-oh. I are literally taking palm leaves off of like palm trees mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called palm leaves but you know what I mean I think they are yeah so we would take palm leaves off of palm trees and just sit on them and go down muddy hills <laughs> and we would literally record ourselves with like our old razor flip phones and we would say hi I'm Andy and this is jackass 3.5 or oh welcome to jackass God. and we would just go down this fucking hill and sometimes the only way to stop was to hit like a tree or something mm-hmm. And obviously we got hurt, but it was yeah. fun. We did it for the lulls, you dude, know. Dude, puberty is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> I was indestructible when you were in third grade, dude. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. I can't. No, I, I definitely, I don't think I ever took it that far, but I did like sliding down a hill on some some shit. It was fun. Yeah. Are there any other like... <laughs> Speaking of going downhill, how's this Uh-oh. podcast going? Uh-oh. <laughs> Are there any other like movies or TV shows that like come back to you because when i think about it i'm thinking about like robin williams's face is coming up mm. a lot he oh was in a God. lot of movies when i was a kid fucking flubber flubber fucking flubber absolutely adore that movie had it on vhs the let me tell you the tape was spun we loved that thing we loved flubber in our house robin williams was fantastic yeah he definitely was a big iconic nostalgic figure because he's sadly no longer with us I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah. a while, but I still miss him. It's been a while, and, like, his impact is still there. Like, mm-hmm. no one will ever reach his level of fame and adoration in the comedy world, let alone the film world. And just globally, like, I remember when he, when he passed away, like, seeing headlines and looking online, and this one guy commented on, like, uh, like a Reddit post or something, and he was saying, like, he's in, like, an airport, and, you know, everyone's busy, everyone's in a fucking, there's, like, momentum and movement. It's like a fucking sea of just people going in different directions. And he said everyone froze when his picture came up with the headline. Mm. And he, he didn't realize, you know, the weight of it until he was in like an international area and seeing like Holy everyone shit. is just crushed by his death. Yeah. And obviously I was too. I think that was the first celebrity death that like I cried. Yeah, that dude, fucked it was me sad. up. Especially when I looked back at like the movies I loved was there was one called Bicentennial Man. Have you ever seen that one? I don't think I have. It is like the saddest shit in the world. He plays as a a robot in the near future like a house servant who is a little more sentient than the other models so the family's kind of oh like my God. yeah so the family's <laughs> like yo let's like get him prosthetics to a moat and give him skin and hair because he's asking about like what would i look like and things like he's very self-aware oh so my they, God. they upgrade him with like skin grafts and you know these things till eventually he is robin williams at this point, the family members he grew up with have aged and died and generations have passed. Oh my and god, it just, it's just existential dread? Yeah, until eventually he falls in love and decides, I want to die. Incredible. And he just he shuts down with the person he loves. And it's like the saddest fucking shit in the oh world. Oh my god, yeah. this is this a kid's movie? <laughs> Probably not. It's sad as hell, dude. <laughs> I consumed it as a child, though. But yeah, we my brother and I would watch it all the time. We used to watch that and like Hook and so many other just great ones. What water- was that space movie he was in? space movie it's like a space board game movie 
where like he gets sucked he was in jumanji not zathura if that's what you're thinking of oh no he was in jumanji fuck zathura is a space one i did watch zathura though that one was actually quite frightening with a young Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Is that her? That's she's. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's what. Pretty. Lo- yeah. Pretty sure. Love your work, Kristen. I'm gonna look this up. But love your work, girl. If that's you. Incredible. Oh my God. No, I love Jumanji though. Once again, I think it was a little frightening, but a great movie. Well, when the kid turned into a monkey, it was fucking horrifying. <laughs> it's a bit much for yeah. me. Yeah. Like fucking <laughs> big nostalgic one is not the good Willy Wonka, but. The bad one? We've already talked about Willy Wonka on this podcast. So vaguely. I so don't vaguely. care. We're bringing it back. That movie it. lives rent-free in my head, and it's terrifying. <laughs> I don't remember much from it. I remember, I think, just being overall creeped out by it. Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp's performance, especially after being so used to Gene Wilder being this very warm and charming character, then you have this guy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Tim Burton really just said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make money money yeah but also the archetype of just like skinny sad man to be adored by tumblr like he did that he wrote the book i mean he didn't write the book rule dog (laughs) he didn't write the book but he wrote the book on those like you know because it was like a huge thing like these little like wafy characters with like little suits oh, and they look all preppy and, yeah no, that was very much his look <laughs> and everybody just devoured it and they were like we're obsessed give us more but i think the thing is like i think if you if you were to ask me the early 2000s we're, we're doing another charlie and the chocolate factory who would you want to direct it i would say tim burton yeah bear with me on this what if what if the whole world was normal not everyone is quirky and weird and the house isn't sideways not everyone has this weird like tim burton aesthetic to it mm-hmm. until you get to the factory and then it's insane and that's when he shines and blossoms and he's mm-hmm. tim burton instead by the time we get there it's i'm already goofy. burnt out it's just weird mm-hmm. and i feel like he could have done a great job if someone held him back a little bit and told him when to do his thing yeah if he didn't blow his load too early that movie <laughs> no that movie could have been great that's sorry that's a bad <laughs> metaphor but like you know, if he just held back a little bit and waited for the right time, there could have been an impact. Maybe change the casting. Maybe maybe you could have done a good mm-hmm. job as Willy Wonka if he held back a little bit. But I think everyone being weird just makes yeah. the whole movie weird. Like, <laughs> the shit in Charlie's house is just psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> the house is psychotic. The people are psychotic. Well, who is it? Grandpa Joe? Yeah. Icon. <laughs> but bitch, you are on him. No, everyone in the house is fucking psychotic. And I just feel bad because, like, again, the movie could have worked. A lot of the, the 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 casting choices were great. It just the aesthetic didn't quite work for me. No, that shit was crazy. Were there other like children's books that you liked? Because I used to read a lot of Roald Dahl actually when I was a kid. Yeah, I read a lot of Roald Dahl. Um, there was this one series I did really love. Besides, like obviously the series that we all everybody celebrated the fucking Hunger Games, the fucking Max Ride series that never ended and got super weird and heavy-handed with the environment you never my brain is short-circuiting max ride oh my god that was like the deal at our middle school like you were not shit if you were not reading this fucking ya shit show it was incredible interesting it was like children (laughs) it was like children who like (laughs) like scientists like fucking bred them with birds so they can like fly and shit but also like they can look normal if they need to look normal it was so like 
fucking out of left field. And it was like a cool like action adventure series. Like they have to like get out of this facility and start a life on their own and blah, blah, blah. But by like the second book, I feel like it just got so ham fisted with the sexual tension between two of these what grew up these people grew up together they're not related but they grew up together so i feel like it's sibling and weird so the sexual tension gets just off the charts and (laughs) the author which i will applaud him it takes brass fucking balls to do this but he completely veers off course and changes the entire narrative into they have to stop the world from dying by fixing pollution and saving the earth and going green and it is a valid message that i think is important for young people to read about but even as a sixth grader i was like damn dog this is too much it's getting a little weird for me it's getting too captain planet it's too much it's too much but i absolutely love those books (laughs) what the damn hell so they're bird people (laughs) bird children okay they're like orphans and they were locked in a fucking weird testing facility and then they're like part bird (laughs) it's so weird but i loved it i never read that series oh my god it was just like this wonderful max ride m-a-x-r-i-d-e okay interesting check it out girl i had the graphic novels too i was like shit i'm in a weird cross-section between like ya fantasy and my anime affliction affliction that's the word but yeah it was it hit my niche right when it needed to hit my niche and my middle school was obsessed and here i am going on a rant about it (laughs) 10 years later (laughs) yeah no no when i was a kid the only real like hypey kind of books everyone was talking about was in elementary school obviously it was harry potter but like middle school came around everyone's talking about hunger games Mm -hmm. but i was i i used to read this series i don't know if anyone's fucking read it before but there's three of them i think maybe even more go off king what is it alfred crop nope exactly never heard of her i probably couldn't tell you much about it but i read like three of the books and like the kid like you said it hit a certain niche where you're like it hits all the check marks for where you were at that age it was like some teenager who he talks about how he's not you know in the best shape he really is average in every way he's kind of ugly he doesn't have a good body he's just a regular guy. he's just a regular dude who somehow has you know in a long line of descendants the blood of i believe it's king arthur oh yeah medieval knights and shit but the whole thing was it wasn't like sword fights it was guns and corporations Ah. and like yeah it was like actual car chases and actual stakes where oftentimes the the character alfred uh would would comment on like this isn't like an action movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like guns, like I'm deaf because these guns are loud. I can't see because, you know, things are too bright. It like, sucks. Yeah. And, it was, and like as a kid, it wasn't it was it was cool to be like not pandered to in that way mm-hmm. where someone's taking bullets and being like, oh, I'm totally fine. Like he was talking about how much it hurts, even chapters and chapters later. Like, yeah, my butt still hurts. I'm getting shot. Like it was funny. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it just carried me over for three books. And I really, really liked it. No, hell yeah. Like I love just getting absolutely sucked into something yeah. that is objectively a little bit silly yeah like it's a little silly but also there's like cool and interesting like adult and dangerous seeming things that are like it's presented in a safe enough way but like it's still it's still engaging and interesting and i i definitely felt myself gravitating towards books with more quote-unquote adult themes as a kid because so i was like oh i just want to i know everything i can handle it i, I want to be feel a like grown- an adult yeah i'm a grown-up and now here i am like oh my god that shit was bonkers <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I read The Da Vinci Code in third grade. The Da Vinci Code? I read The Da Vinci Code in third grade. Oh and then I thought God. to myself, books fucking suck. <laughs> Robert Langdon can fucking kiss my ass. But then I found other books that I enjoyed, mm-hmm. especially in the third grade. I read, what was it? Ooh, The List. Um, 
Magic Treehouse. I loved those books. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Those were great books. Incredible books. Um, Horrible Harry. Did you ever read those? Oh, I read a couple of them. I, I feel like just being a little shit when I was a kid, I took a lot of inspiration from those books. Just, Did he have like a stripy shirt? I think it was like purple and striped or something. Yeah. He had like curly hair. But mm-hmm. it was just like him just being a class clown. And like there's something about just like seeing it portrayed in a book where like the teacher's like, Heck yo, yeah. don't be a class clown. But like everyone kind of loves him and like he gets in trouble. But like you hear. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. He's yeah. a good lad. Fucking on that same note and that same energy, Junie B. Jones. Miss Queen of Manic Energy. Oh my was she like a redhead or something? I mean, she was kind of like brown ready and it was always very messy and she had like big old yeah, glasses. Yeah, big messy hair. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, okay. She okay. was iconic. Okay. I loved her. Flat Stanley. Flat Stanley. Another icon. Hey, yo. I didn't read his books, but I he was big enough that I am aware of his image and his likeness. Yeah, I read like two of his books, I think, in class one time. But um, what other books were like Frog big? Frog and Toad. Frog and Toad. Frog and Toad. Those were the dudes duck in a truck. Oh my god! We're going back, back now. Oh like, my god! Learning how to read. That kind is of books. reading books. Shel Silverstein, incredible guy. I still have his books to this Wait, day. Has he been canceled? Shel Silverstein? No, he's like cool. I think he's dead. I mean, yeah, he's probably definitely dead. But like, I feel like I heard something come out that was kind of spicy about a children's cancel. author. You can't cancel. I don't care what he did. Oh, it was Doctor Zeus. Not Zeus, Dr. Seuss. Soyce. Soyce. <laughs> you, you can hear our, our discussion about that in episode one. Um, I did not know Shel Silverstein was canceled. If not, I don't think he is. Good, because he's a I'm legend. Just checking. Check just out like his music. Check. check out his books. He is a funny man. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful books. <clears throat> Great books. <laughs> and you know what? The illustrations need to be shouted out to. The illustrations in his little books are incredible. Did he do the artwork? I am not sure he did. I don't think he did. They're all pretty consistent, though. Like, yeah. the art style. I'm not I feel sure. like he must have partnered with someone. But those are just iconic. Like The books are literally 10 feet away. I could <laughs> get up and look, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> We're all set up. We're plugged in. Yeah, I don't want to stretch my legs. Nah. Too too old now. Don't make fun of me. Too old. You call me out. Old man. Don't call me old. <laughs> this I have, I have a fidget spinner, bro. I'm not old. <laughs> You're drinking out of a red Solo cup, too. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm drinking fucking... <laughs> Water. Water. Water from a red solo cup. So yeah, learning to read was crazy. Learning to read was underrated. That was a great experience. Wonderful skill. Wonderful yeah. skill. I don't remember learning how to read. I just remember kind of having that moment one day where I was like, damn, I kind of got this. <laughs> I remember just like the minute where I was like, I really enjoyed this. This is fun. When you find the right book, it kind of just like clicks in your head where you're like, I dig reading. What was that absolutely wonderful series? Series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, those are, I read those when I was a those kid. Were those were great Those were fantastic. Books. So fun. I, I remember there's an entire books. page of just like yeses and nos because mm. somebody's on the phone. That that was one of those first books that like was kind of a little more out there. Not like out there, but like the way it was written was really creative. And they like you said, lots of visual things going on. Even Lots of visual were, wordplay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, even though there were no illustrations, the words kind of did it themselves. Yeah. The uh, the actual author, not Lemony Snicket, that's a pen name. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual author really like plays with the literature and wordplay. Yeah. Um, made me really appreciate just the English language. And it didn't treat me like a child no. reading the books. They, they use big words that I actually went and looked up or it would, it would even say, don't know that word. Here's the definition. They'd give me a phrase I've never heard of and go, the origin of this phrase is, you know, mm-hmm. I believe I learned, I don't know, speak of the devil from the third book or something. Really? Just, yeah. And it's just like, it's really interesting just like how much those books are just like burned in my brains. Little things like, oh, don't go swimming after 30 minutes of eating or mm-hmm. you know, whatever the fuck. Or don't go swimming after 30. Don't go swimming when you've eaten. 
don't go swimming for 30 minutes after you've eaten you know things nailed like that. it get the applause i am not high get the applause i am not high <laughs> no i i think those books were so effective because the author was writing about kids but in a way that was a little bit like honest you know well they're going through a very adult things yeah. which is why it was kind of cool just you know dealing with that mm-hmm. so yeah. you get to kind of synthesize everything through like a kid's point of view but it doesn't treat you like you're stupid because these kids aren't stupid they're very smart and clever and hardworking and good honest people and you want to root for them yeah i think the the character author lemony snicket Mm -hmm. writes at them in that way he makes you sympathize with me goes oh these poor kids are going through something but also they're clever they're smart and Mm. he never talks down to them he never makes them seem like they're just kids it makes it seem like being a kid is the advantage in this world Mm -hmm. yeah and i want to give a big old shout out to all the adults in the universe that treated me like that growing up through their media and personal interactions thank you you made the world a less scary place hell yeah Mm -hmm. and i want to i want to reference a couple more children's books before we move on absolutely some that will give us little throwbacks and little emotions first one being the very hungry caterpillar Oh, cute. I believe the author passed away recently. Yeah, it was very sad. I mean, not he didn't die tragically or anything. But well, he, he passed away and it's always sad to lose someone. Pronouns check. Is it a he? I believe it's Carl or Carlisle. Yes. Eric Carlisle or Eric Carlisle. Yes, yes, Carl. yes. Just, I'm going off my memory. I might be way I off. I should have but... known. I helped edit this death post. God. Back when you worked at. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> I don't think we did a post. I think we were gonna and then it got stuck in drafts. But that's beside the point. Anyway. Um, another children's book, one that you love. I'm surprised you didn't mention actually. You didn't jump on board with it. Call me out, sis. Rainbow Fish? Rainbow Fish. Ah, I knew it. I loved Rainbow Fish. Those books made me smile, bro. And I think, I believe, everything I say on this podcast starts with, I think, I believe, there was a TV show that aired on public access about Rainbow Fish while I was growing up reading the Rainbow Fish books. Yeah, I think there was some kind of animated show or series yeah. or shorts or something. I remember yeah. it so vividly, and I just really loved that like wonderful little world. It was underwater, and everybody was like nice, and things would go wrong. But, you know, Rainbow Fish and his friends would figure it the fuck out, and everything would go back to being beautiful and rainbow and sparkly and gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And one last children's book I want to talk about, um, The Giving Tree. Ah, wrecked me. That's another one where I feel like everyone read that book and everyone has the same feeling of like... That shit fucked me up, dude. Do you remember much of it? I mean, I remember how I felt when I was done, which I guess is mm, not exactly what (laughs) the author was going for, but is what I picked up. It's just like, oh, that's so heavy. But like being introduced to that kind of feeling through a book instead of like in real life first was probably very helpful. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I used to have a classmate in second grade. I believe he's from Israel. And his mom came by to like read us, like a guest reader. And she read us a book one time. And it was The Giving Tree. Mm. But the copy of it was in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first time I'd ever seen like an international book before that wasn't like the fucking Bible or something. Really? I was super young, second grade. That's so cool. And just something just clicked in my head when like she was translating it in English, obviously. But mm. knowing that she had read this book and, you know so many people probably in israel and other parts of the world have read this book because the story is very universal mm-hmm. i don't know something about that book just and translators are doing the work of god yeah thank it, you translators hits you right in the feels every time oh, that's great i think the first time i ever saw a book in another language was a tintin comic like in french oh wow okay yeah well I isn't tintin loved those it's french right the original? it is french yeah okay yeah. yeah 
Tintin. My Tintin. French teacher loved Tintin. It was great. Yeah. I loved that. And you know what? That was another one where I was like, I know this is for kids, but there's like guns and political unrest. and But also wonderful adventure and a cute little dog and so many wonderful things happen and big adventures. But yeah, <laughs> another fantastic series. They were comic strips, weren't they? Yeah. It was really fucking cool. I think I still have a couple back at home and I definitely have to fish them out. I love those books. So were they like... Calvin and Hobbes were only a couple frames to tell like a little joke or was it actually like a story mm-hmm. an adventure oh they were like story comics yeah yeah interesting it was a comic book it was a whole series it was really just fun and I think that was also like my dad and my parents just saying like hey this is awesome we loved this when we were growing up and not everything translates super well to like oh my gosh the 20 the 2010s the 2000s but it was still like really engaging and honestly it was really nice to get like a peek into what their childhood looked like and Mm -hmm. what was like normal and like what did kids think about and what did every kid want to do it was super cool i really liked it hell yeah Mm -hmm. and you know what it's about that time we get into nostalgic foods because oh my god the part of the brain that remembers tastes and smells is fucking crazy unexplainable the things that i will remember when i walk past something and get a little whiff be like oh my god so you're talking more about like smells and food that take you back rather than like things that existed only in that era, right? I mean, if I walk by a shop and I smell something that smells like a motherfucking yogo, I'm going to think about yogos. What is yoga? Oh my gosh, you remember them. You have to remember like them. Like yogurt balls? Yes. Those oh, were my okay. absolute favorite fucking snacks. These were like coveted at my middle school because my mother was organic and I, re- I appreciate her for that. But oh my God. The second I saw those little packets of like the pink and purple balls going around, I was like, I have to start trading up. I got to leverage something. I need to get my hands on these. They were incredible. Oh, yeah. I remember those now. Oh, my God. They were like yogurty. And then there was like a little fruit gummy in the inside. Yes. They were so good. Oh, my God. Now I remember. Oh, my God. I could rip open a packet and just throw all of them back. They were my favorite i think like the pink and white combination is my favorite oh is that a thing yeah yes no and i've like (laughs) several times several times throughout honestly this past week because i've just been thinking about them after writing my list shout out to my list um like just hey if i were to try and acquire yogos what would that look like cost wise it's a little pricey how much do they go for they don't make them anymore let me double check but it was definitely something that was not worth (laughs) a memory but oh my god i loved them while you're looking that up, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. think about another like little snack that... This was the shit when I was a kid. Snack it out. Y'all were trading yogos. We were trading gushers during recess. Time. Gushers. Gushers were the bomb, bro. If you had gushers and someone had like fucking carrots, you were the king. You were the king. Everyone knew you were better than them. God bless. Yeah, no, I was at a disadvantage. I did not have a lot of unhealthy snacks, but I lusted after them. We didn't have them either, but like whenever like somebody gave me theirs, I was always like honored. For me, it's like gushers and like those those fruit roll-ups with the tattoos you can put on your tongue. Oh my god, I never got mine to look right. They always look fucked up. Well, because my mouth is so watery, just thinking about the candy or the the fruit roll-up mm-hmm. that eventually, you know, just, the image became kind of blurred. And now here I am wanting to get a mouth tattoo. Could have been doing it the entire time. Ugh, yeah, dude, they're like not easily findable on the internet. They genuinely just don't make them anymore. What yogos? Yeah, disappointing. Makes me really sad. Ugh, I loved those. We know we used to have when we were a kid. I don't know if they if it was like an exclusive thing for a short period of time, but um, there was a Blue's Clues applesauce. Oh! Uh? When I was a kid, boy, do I have a story for you. I went to my grandma's house. Uh, I was super young, maybe like three years old. Mm-hmm. I'm a baby. 
I'm a fucking child. And I think she had a whole bunch of like Blue's Clues applesauce for like me and my other cousins whenever we were around. And goddamn, did I have a whole bunch of them. Was it blue applesauce? It was blue applesauce. (laughs) The applesauce itself was like a rich, like royal kind of blue. Definitely not found in nature. Chemicals, baby. Yeah. And boy, did they go through me because I I pooped. (laughs) I pooped and it was fucking blue. Oh, my God. I found Blue's Clue (laughs) and it was fucking vile. You delivered it. I was scared. I was horrified. It was a nightmare. Oh, my God. All for some applesauce? It was good applesauce, though. Damn, you should have done my thing where you have texture issues and the idea of having applesauce makes you want to throw up. Mm-mm. I was a baby. I didn't have anything. <laughs> Just this blue applesauce. That yeah. was your one thing keeping you going. I had blue applesauce and blue poop. That's Please. all I needed. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, that's fucking iconic. Another snack I used to have, my brother and I, whenever we were like outside and the ice cream truck would come around. I'm sure you had these, the Mario ice cream, but they had like gumball eyes and they yes. never looked right. Yeah. Oh my God. And they looked of the devil. For me, it was always the SpongeBob one. And they always looked wonky. I used to get like <laughs> Ninja Turtles ones and they had like three eyes or like no noses. And Possessed. Yeah. But like that was the fun of it. That gum was garbage though. It was frozen. What do you expect? Yeah. I, I remember biting into it and hurting my teeth. My dad was like, you're fucking dumb. I was like, yeah, but yeah, gum. Yeah, I am. So there. But bubble gum. Bubble gum. No, those ice cream trucks, we had one that would come by every once in a while. And getting those little ice creams, ugh, they smacketh. Oh, yeah. Otter Pops, too. Otter Pops used to cut up the sides of my mouth. Oh, the plastic? Yeah, because I was an idiot. And I was just like, oh, my God. Take it all in no. one go. Oh, I loved Otter Pops. We had them at my... um the swim club i was a part of as a child not like swim club in like a snooty way it was like a (laughs) a local swim team um and they would sell them out of the like shack (laughs) for like a quarter a piece and as soon as i got done with practice all my body craved was fucking sugar so i would go over there with my little quarters and just act a goddamn fool they were incredible and they still sell otter pops and i'm tempted every so often i'm tempted but they have little orphan orange which just makes me sad oh but she's the most delicious flavor so aside from like snacks and stuff what was like the go-to like fit on campus when you were a child on campus Ooh. Uh, at school <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um i was let me preface this by saying it was not very fashionable and i mostly shopped at like young old navy but also a lot of the bitches at my campus did as well. Not to call them bitches. They were all nice girls, except for some of them. But <laughs> I think it was a lot of just like department store chic. I was giving Coles. I was giving a lot of Coles. Coles and Old Navy. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. This might be a girls only thing. But do you remember those like celebrity fashion lines at like Coles growing up? Because I definitely pinpoint two major ones. It was... um jessica simpson oh my god another one was britney spears and avril lavigne had one oh my god oh my god trinity yes her line was called abby dawn and it was kind of like this like punk rocker but like dressed up to (laughs) a million with a bunch of little bows and skulls and bedazzled little shits on it i was obsessed everybody was obsessed everybody wanted it it was a little bit too expensive and kind of ridiculous looking so i did not get any but oh my god i thought that was the peak of couture Little did I know, so many other things existed. Little did you know they had pants that say juicy on them. Juicy. That was the peak of fashion. Oh, God. I was so, like, not like other girls growing up. And I was like, oh, I don't want a juicy couture tracksuit. They look trashy. I, as a 24-year-old woman right now, will say, those are fresh. 
and I want one. Okay. <laughs> and if you mind. see a Juicy Couture tracksuit on the internet that is a reasonable price and not too ugly, I will ask you to please send me the link. <laughs> uh, and I will I will get it. I need it. I'm on a mission, bro. I missed. I missed that trend. But it's okay because I can do it as a grown-up. Definitely some notables for the cool kids were, though. Um, Aeropostal. Do you remember that? I think so. That like was the, the accent mark over or something. Yeah. yeah. Literally just French for airmail. <laughs> <laughs> it literally is just airmail in French. And my dumbass had one sweatshirt from Aeropostale. Guess where I wore that sweatshirt every single day? France. Paris. 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 Oh, Walking close. around in a fucking t shirt that said airmail. <laughs> Did people ask if you were like part of the postal service? Oh my god, no. They just saw a acne ridden toothy bracy ugly little greasy little kid wearing a shirt that said airmail and promptly ignored me it was very welcome <laughs> sounds very french <laughs> oh my god another one was definitely hollister what were the big ones like down here in southern california I, I didn't know much about brands when i was a kid but as far as like fashion went what were the boys wearing the boys were definitely rocking like baggy jeans and like the look of having a long sleeve thermal with a t-shirt over it hey yo that was the vibe i don't know oh uh, my god those beanies that like had like the baseball cap at the front with, oh like, the no br- yes the little visor part no those are terrible <laughs> i had one of those but it's okay because i'm gay what else was that? people used to always put their yeah this is a thing wrapping your flannel around your waist it wasn't like like people do it now obviously it's yeah. a thing. if you have a flannel jacket you don't want to care you put it around your waist mm-hmm. but at the time people would put it around their waist as a fit honestly and that's what I the boys would do guilty of doing that that means you listen to rock and roll music <laughs> you were too edgy you had to wrap a flannel around your butt or you got a big old period stain on your light wash jeans and you are shit out of luck for the rest of the day totally totally i think i don't know female fashion that i saw on like the playground i think all i remember is like roxy was a thing oh word was that a brand or what was that those were like the skater girls and like the surfboard girls okay they would wear roxy or like the girls who wanted to be the skateboard girls and the surfboard girls okay you know it was like what's the equivalent today wearing thrasher but not skating wearing affliction and not being like an mma fighter (laughs) yeah no that's definitely it definitely that kind of vein Um, okay what was it called they're like kind of still around right now, even though I've totally removed them from my brain. Big dogs. <laughs> How could I do that? I'm wearing a big dog sweater right now to big get me in the, in the nostalgic mood. That was definitely pre my time. But learning about the history was super cool. And you have like a whole ass connection with big dogs as well. It's not a connection. They, they delayed an order and they sent me a, a very grateful note and a whole bunch of free stuff. You and this brand are in love. No, they're in love with me. They're in love with me. I like them. Oh, not too serious? I do love them. I follow them on Instagram. <laughs> it's love. It's love. It's dogs. Oh my God. I remember the name. Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, yeah. Yes. They're still around though, aren't they? They are still around. Um, They are far less problematic. And I believe still kind of the same kind of ridiculous price point. But everybody's telling me that their jeans are great. But they just had such a shitty CEO and like a shitty company vibe. And I don't want to give them any money anymore. I don't want to do it. I did not know any of that. Oh, yeah. No, they definitely only sold a certain size of clothes to uh make sure that no undesirables were wearing their thing which is just gross and stupid but out with the old and with with the the new new jeans i guess i I don't know they lost me it's too late but they have others so aside from like clothing on the playground there was also a lot of crap going on such as toys and shit so much crap when i was a kid we used to have like this little thing it was like a track you can build for like hot wheels 
and like launch your cars and like build a track and it launches oh it across. Gosh. That was pretty cool. Wait, you had those? Not like the big crazy ones. It was kind of like you just like put little like foot long track marks together and you can like go in a straight line, I guess, pretty far. <laughs> and then your parents step on them. No, literally. <laughs> well, my brother and I would like take it. We'd like put like our heads like on the track and like launch <laughs> the cars at our forehead, see if they hurt. Oh my God. We were dumb. <laughs> it explains so much. No. <laughs> Do you remember those like vending machine toys where it was like you put in like a, a 50 cents or a dollar or something in quarters uh-huh. and you turn the little knob and out came like a little like rubber alien or oh ninja. Oh my God. Yeah, yes. Those they are the coolest. Those. They ha- I got a bunch of those. I got like super obsessed. My whole school did with the ones that they would sell at the bowling alley down the street. And I ended up with so many like absolutely useless little like plasticky gummy figures they were not useless <laughs> they were pretty useless no you can display them or hide them and like, some of them were pencil toppers those are cool i don't know i used to like the, the little ninja guys oh my gosh they're like transparent ones or like you know really cool colored ones like aliens doing sports those are yeah. fun i remember those temporary tattoo dispensers at the bowling alley. those were sick those were incredible oh yeah did you ever get something super gnarly put it on your forehead not my forehead but i got like a sleeve of like Yu-Gi-Oh tattoos and I was like, hey, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool. A dark magician on my elbow. Pretty, pretty sick. Send his ass to the shadow realm. I was pretty, uh, pretty cool. Pretty legit. Did you ever play Yu-Gi-Oh? I used to love Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah? Yeah. When I was a kid, Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon ruled the, the playground. Definitely. Everyone would come out with like their binders or like their little decks of like Yu-Gi-Oh cards and people just like compete all the time. Shit got heated. Shit got heated. And I, I remember in like second grade, it was huge to like compete with your Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And at the time, I think, what was it? The three Egyptian god cards came out. Oh my and god! And I was on the hunt to win them. <laughs> and I remember literally telling people, "I want to play Yu-Gi-Oh. You are wagering your Egyptian god card. I will mm-hmm. wager my most powerful card, but you cannot use them." And I would fucking win. Mm-hmm. And over time, over the course of that year, I got obelisk the tormentor oh yes but it was a german one i had some kind of like japanese version of the red dragon with like two mouths or something i forget his name me too but and then there was the the golden eagle one i had that was the english one but it was like a different artwork people thought they were fake and some people wouldn't let me use them but they were just foreign and I used to use them all the time and I kicked ass on campus. There you go, Fuck man. Fuck you guys. I still have them somewhere. I gotta <laughs> find them. Hell yeah, dude. I want to see your old Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Did you ever get the one with the boobies? There's a, there's a Yu-Gi-Oh card with boobies. There's a Yu-Gi-Oh card with the boobies, dude. Which one? Was it, the, was it the female magician? Yeah, with the pointy hat. Dark magician girl. No, not the... Is she dark? She was like bubblegum kind yeah, of look, right? She seemed like a sweet gal. It was like pink and blue, right? Yeah, yeah. She had this cute little outfit on, but like I remember that was the card that... <laughs> everybody wanted because it had boobies on it it had a little bit of cleavage in it <laughs> there was some cleave on it Look, fucking disgusting my my brother used to have like all the the naruto comics and i'd read them and there was there was a lot of boobies in those the first yes. few of them there was a lot of girls just like in saunas just boobies out honky honkers Hon- out on display big mommy milkers big mommy manjami milkers big chuggies <laughs> hanging out just everywhere it was fucking lit oh uh, yeah no shout out naruto though that was a Big, big presence. <laughs> Naruto was fun, bro. That whole era of like, not even like Toonami and Adult Swim, Cartoon Network as a whole. Yeah. That was a golden era for me for like, I don't know, mid 2005, 2006 Cartoon Network where the whole aesthetic was like, there's a real world they all share and like all the, all the marketing, all the commercials were just like them all hanging out in this realistic world. Mm-hmm. There was a universe. There was lore. Yeah. And it, it, was, cut it was deep. Cool. And 
don't know. It was cool seeing them like fully embrace. Like, no, we these cartoons are dope. Mm-hmm. We're gonna treat them as if they're dope because they are dope. But and we, also in that same vein, the Naruto kids at school would not give it a fucking break. <laughs> but nowadays, it's cool to be the Naruto kid. Is it? No, it never was. I don't know. I mean, like, I respect your individuality. I wanted to wear the headband to school too, but I am just so full of shame that I did not let myself do that. So maybe I'm just assuming that it was a miserable time. Maybe I'm just missing out. Maybe. I wasn't allowed to get the headband. You weren't allowed to get the headband? Mm-mm. Ugh, sorry, dude. My parents are like, you're not going to be into it. Well, you know what, guys? 20 years later, <laughs> I'm still pretty fucking into it. Should we get each other Naruto headbands? Let's not. What's the next holiday coming up? <laughs> let's not. Let's not do that. <laughs> Which tribe do you want to be? The sound tribe? I don't know. That was cool. They were good, bro. Some of those were people. Like Their, their powers were scary. Music, man. Music, man. There was one guy who was able to... Like make like frequencies out of his arm or something. Yes. Yeah. And like gave everybody like brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> it was gnarly, dude. Naruto was fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Another one where I'm like, some of these themes are a little intense, but let's go with it. But that's why I was on uh Toonami. Yeah. A thing I definitely missed out, but got to watch at my friend's house. You never watched a lot of Toonami, did you? No, I mean I didn't have cable till I was like thirteen or fourteen. That's right. I don't know. I, I got my <laughs> I got my anime mostly through just the library which is not anime it's manga it's manga it's manga actually i did more reading than i did watching and i oh my god i would camp the fuck out in the public library like concerningly long periods of time not by a fucking thing no snacks i would come prepared i would just sit and read manga for hours and hours and hours and hours what was your go-to oh god (laughs) they were all so cringy looking back which ones did i really i really loved holy shit was soul eater that was so fun i've heard of that one i didn't know dude would still wholeheartedly recommend it i really enjoyed it um i did a little scott pilgrim i know that's not manga but i did a little bit of scott pilgriming i did the pilgrimage the pilgrimage one piece i attempted to start reading and i got pretty fucking far until good luck i gave up (laughs) i think they just hit like a couple they're like a thousand and ten now oh good lord i mean i'm so happy for the franchise but like i can't do it bro yeah i can't do it it was fun though i don't blame you it's It's a lot too much how about you you a big anime guy i was not a big anime guy well i would get glimpses of it on like i said like on toonami and stuff with it i never really followed a lot of shows i'm insultingly basic i'm like insultingly basic I'm, I'm insultingly basic when it comes to anime hear me out hearing you out i've seen uh, i don't know a quarter of naruto cute death note amazing and season one of attack on titan you know what i think it might be time to i'm but that, that's the thing I, I don't dip. i don't mind anime i just yeah. i don't like anime tropes mm-hmm. i don't like the the presentation of a lot of women and all the yelling and stuff. Like, <laughs> it's loud. No, like I love, I love Dragon Ball Z. I used to play the video games a lot when I was a kid. And even then, that was a lot of yelling. Uh huh. I'll see if there's anything that comes across my my radar that looks worth checking out because there is some really fabulous stuff out there. The anime I did watch was usually like stuff that I caught in like Toonami late at night, and I would get like glimpses of like maybe an episode or two of like Inuyasha or like Yu Yu Hakka or like. These shows, I had no idea what they were about. Like, Full Metal Alchemist, the original. And I remember just, like, watching it, thinking, like, it was cool and adult and edgy. Mm -hmm. And then I got older, and I was like, this shit's kind of fucking lame. (laughs) Yeah, some of that. It just is simply turned up to 15 Mm -hmm. in every sense of the word. Oh, yeah. It was just fun, but, yeah, it it is a lot. (laughs) Well, I remember they used to do, it was the anime movies. 
I think they did. They played like Akira one time and they did a month of Miyazaki. And oh. I believe it was every Friday night or Saturday night on Toonami, they would play a Miyazaki movie like the whole night long. They had it on repeat. And that's oh. where I got like, that's where I learned a lot of Miyazaki films. Just like oh. watching the animated versions being played. And it was just super dope. Honestly, I look back, I think a lot of my personality came from Adult Swim. Yeah? Doing an analysis? Just looking back, just thinking about it, because even the music I listened to at the time was mostly just stuff I discovered or that became popular through them. MF Doom was all over Adult Swim at the time, and I had no idea who the fuck he was. Then I found out he's not just some like character. He was actually making music. Now he's like one of my favorite rappers. And I don't know. It's just weird seeing how much it just like formed who I am, because I still Dude. watch it all the fucking time. Just so happens that that's what you were doing when you were forming a, a big core of your personality. Yeah. It's kind of cool, though to think about in retrospect i mean they've always been kind of a a forefront of like embracing the internet age and mm-hmm. that kind of angle of entertainment and you know even their humor was very on brand for like we're crass we're adult swim not your mama's comedy yeah we'll hang out we'll be cool but yeah no it definitely was very internet forward yeah very fun i remember those ads when it was like hey kids out of the pool it's adult <laughs> swim time and have like those weird like images of like I don't know, really trippy art and say like, hey, the sun's coming. Are you ready for it? And I'll be like, what the fuck is this? And all it's of a sudden it's just like, swim. yeah, they play like Futurama or Family Guy to kind of ease you into like the adult animation until eventually it got like crass yeah, and dude. gross. And I loved it. Hell yeah. No, I, there was a whole TikTok trend pretty recently of like the adult swim logo and just seeing everybody like recreate with the little sound, <laughs> like the, the intros to the channel. I was like, oh, this seems so fun. I feel like I missed out. <laughs> Adult Swim's always had a really like tight community that always like felt involved and felt a part of the company. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I definitely was very late to the TV thing though. I remember mostly like watching kids shows with my sister on like Disney Channel. What were you watching mostly? Well, let me tell you, Shake It Up was a big deal. Which one was Shake It Up? I never watched that. One. <laughs> Dude, it was. Um, Is that the one that had Zendaya in it? Yeah, and fucking Bella Thorne. She's the bitch from OnlyFans, right? <laughs> Yeah. Miss Bella grew up and ruined OnlyFans. What an icon. She improved it. Ugh. She she highlighted how dumb it really is and how much it is just simp culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely exposed a lot of the cracks within the platform and how they pay their creators, but also... It highlighted the cracks in society, though. Yeah. Like, just dudes are really willing to just subscribe for a chance to see her butt. Mm-hmm. And definitely sucked that she was the one that did that. And a lot of... Actually, like, people who got their living from OnlyFans and were relying on OnlyFans, they had to suffer through them changing all of their terms and how they pay their creators because of Miss fucking Bella Thorne coming in. I had no idea. Oh, it was a whole thing. I, I don't go on OnlyFans. <laughs> I mean, I don't go on OnlyFans either, but I don't know why I like to keep up with the news. <laughs> Probably because it was a big scandal. I was working at Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a whole fucking thing, but she was on Shake It Up with Miss Sendea. And it was probably, you know, when like TV shows on the Disney Channel and Nick were like trying to launch pop careers at the same time. Yeah. It was definitely a product of that time because they were dancers in the show. Like that was their special thing. It was about dancing and singing, right? Yeah. They were like these two incredibly gifted dancers who were like best friends and they grew up in this little apartment and everybody's like super fun and quirky and they have these big old rainbow outfits. Um. But yeah, after like maybe a season of that show being on the air, suddenly there were singles from the girls, which 
I still remember, but it just, it, it got a little crazy. It got a little wild, but it spawned two huge stars now. I feel like all those shows were doing that. And iCarly, they tried giving Miranda Cosgrove a music career. They did the same thing with Drake Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Big Time Rush, another Nickelodeon pop yes. band. Yes. Yeah. Ashley Tisdale. Wasn't she trying to be a singer after High School Musical? Definitely had like a weird music career interlude where she like went brunette and I think that was kind of like her moment where she's like, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit sexy. I'm going to get a nose job. So that, did she get a nose job? She got a nose job. She got a nose job. Oh, go off queen. Um, But yeah, I think that was her departure from her Disney brand while still also being under the Disney brand. But it was very, it was a little, (laughs) it was a little strange. I feel like that's the only way out of um, like a Disney contract is mm-hmm. either it expires, you get a great job and they'll take care of you, mm-hmm. or you're so big, you want to be bigger, you do something so scandalous, they have to disown you. Mm-hmm. But also like not scandalous enough to get sued to shit. Well, not like you're offending people, just like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to show some booby. Disney don't like that. What are you going to do about it? So the mouse kicks you out of the house <laughs> and all of a sudden you have a bigger career. <laughs> Miley Cyrus, same thing, you know? Yeah, she was. Vanessa Hudgens. Definitely. It's all that happens. And not to shame them, obviously. It's just I've noticed that's kind of the pattern in getting out of these crazy child contracts, you know. Mm-hmm. But Shake It Up was <laughs> wild. It was a very colorful and loud and fun and silly and goofy experience. And I'm very happy that it existed because it kind of filled like a a, a, a weird niche in my brain at the time of just like, oh, me, me and my best friend that go on super crazy adventures. Like, I wanted that to be my life. So I got to like tune in every week and be like, oh my gosh, that's so fun. These girls, they're so talented. They have such great opportunities. So I definitely, definitely loved that show. Loved watching that show with my sister. Another one we absolutely loved was Big Time Rush. We and saw the movie recently. Oh my God. That was my first exposure to it. <laughs> Wait, had you not seen like any episodes of the show before the movie? Probably like the intro or something. Uh, and I was like, uh, this is this uh, is too much for me. <laughs> but I'll, gi- I'll give it this. Watching the movie with you, mm-hmm. the humor is a lot different than I assumed it would be. It's very like Ned's Declassified. Yes. Yeah. Which is just, another like, show. Yeah. It's very just wacky and weird and just like outlandish, which I appreciated for the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I didn't watch it as a kid. It's <laughs> definitely still not my thing, but I, I will give it props for being different than what i thought it was it definitely was for the girls and the girls were loving it <laughs> because the girls are still loving it and they're going on tour and holy shit yep. i cannot wait to buy tickets on friday and go have a little romp with my girlfriends and my sister at big time rush uh sound off in any sort of comments or reviews or dm andy and tell him what don't your favorite. dm me no no we covered this do not dm me dm andy and tell him who your favorite member of big time rush was mine was logan and i regret making that choice but i'm a loyal ass bitch and i'm not gonna switch up on him so logan what's good you were cool shout out logan shout out logan shout out no i loved that show i absolutely adored that show and ned's declassified like you mentioned that was that was a great show mm-hmm. that was just a weird unique show that had no right being as good and cozy as it was. They were both Nick shows, right? I think so, yeah. That network was doing crazy stuff. I love them. Yeah, no, Nick, that was, maybe I'm biased because I was a kid at the time, but like, I feel like that was a great era for like Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, and Disney mm-hmm. to just like prosper. Absolutely. Things were flourishing. Yeah. They were thriving. I didn't watch a lot of Disney. I think only Hannah Montana and like Phil the Future, but. Two fantastic shows. We're I mean, happy you caught them. I hardly watch Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana was very special, even though it's 
so disturbing to learn everybody does at some point to learn that the older brother character jackson was like 35 right yeah yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i remember that that ain't right dog mm-hmm. that's a little wrong but hey he did a great job he sold it to me he sold me the fantasy I, yeah he uh, i don't know being a kid i believe that he was also like 18 so i guess it worked <laughs> sweet fucking niblets dude sweet niblets sweet niblets oh my god smiley <laughs> How about you, man? What were your what were your favorite little cartoons? Cartoons, like there's a lot of like kids ones. I can. You still love cartoons. I still love cartoons. I like good animation, but mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of like old cartoons because I was like bored and high, and I thought like, damn, it'd be fun to like revisit them. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, certain ones really shine from like when I was super young. Do you remember the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? <laughs> Of course I do. Yeah. Fred Fred Burger was the funniest thing to ever be <laughs> created for like a couple months of my life. I'm not doing my impression. Please, it's so good. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> er. Fred Fred Burger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I'm cutting that out. I'm cutting that part Please out. It's so good. Oh my God. No, that was like the pinnacle of comedy for me. And you obviously remember it too. Oh yeah. No, that show was just like, it was dark and edgy, which as a dark and edgy child, this Ooh. show kind of just like made sense to me to really enjoy it. But like it was the first show I saw with like blood for a cartoon and like it talked about like death as if it was just like this dude. He and was a dude. He was just some dude. And I don't know. Just I, a Jamaican guy. Just some Jamaican dude. Even though when he turned to a human, he was white. But we won't Wait, talk what? about that. There's an episode where he turns to a person. And he's just some white dude with Jamaican accent, which, oh. you know what, I guess could exist. But it was just jarring to me to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's cool. It was it was a fun show. Had a lot of like great iconic moments. And just like the humor was stinky and dirty. And it suited my soul. Absolutely. Now, that was, was that Cartoon Network? Yeah. I remember watching that in like Codename Kids Next Door. And was Recess on Cartoon Network too? Recess was a Disney show. Yes. That one was great. Oh my gosh. Every time I wear a beanie with pigtails, I think of that girl from Recess and she was serving. It's still a look. She's definitely like. (laughs) Top 10 sexual awakenings? No, but she definitely like got me into a certain type of girl Uh oh, for sure the alt girl has entered the building literally like, that's when i was like damn okay <laughs> no it was um it was danny phantom's friend for me if we're talking like actual animated like damn i sure. think it was do you remember doofenshmirtz's daughter from Phoenix yeah vanessa was vanessa, cute yeah. vanessa was, was like, cute fuck why am i feeling this way about a cartoon uh, no i get it vanessa was mad cute um the evil lady from kim possible Shiko, Shivo, Shigo, Shigo. She was awesome. She go hard. She go hard as fuck. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no business. No business making these cartoon girls that cute. Mm-hmm. But whatever. That's a that's a beef for another day. Yeah, we've been watching Chowder a lot. Yes. I forgot how just charming and creative that show was, but also there's a lot of fourth wall breaks, which I really appreciate for a cartoon. Mm-hmm. That shit gets wacky, and I just absolutely am obsessed. I'm obsessed with the universe that they create, and I love the little like pattern, how they move, how the animation's done. The I love colors, the, the artwork, yeah. everything. The music is great. The characters, you like, like them, and you want to root for them, and they get into all this trouble, and they're so fun. It's just fun to watch everybody interact with each other. And yeah, they break the fucking fourth wall like nobody's they business. They break the fourth wall. They 
refer to the voice actors sometimes they refer to like we don't have a budget for this scene or <laughs> yeah dude yeah there was a scene where they like they couldn't afford anything else so they just showed the the voice actors in their car wash and like hey we got yeah. enough money to finish the episode now no watching that now and being like that's 100 percent just like a random parking garage in burbank i'm obsessed <laughs> it was so cool yeah and they have a great blend of like animation styles too they kind of combine mm-hmm. real life animation with claymation and i don't know puppets and stuff it's really cool no it's uber creative yeah and i believe the kid that plays chowder was actually a kid at the time too Mm -hmm. yeah you you mentioned that and i had to go look it up and yeah he was a very talented child Mm -hmm. very good. god bless don't know what he's doing now don't know where he is but we wish you the best thank you for making us laugh when we were kids as well (laughs) speaking of being a kid you want to get in some some toys my dude that sounds so creepy (laughs) yeah That's why I was kind of like off put. I was like, what is she doing? You know, toys. Things you used to play with as a child. You put me into your fucking van too. And <laughs> you find your missing dog and give me candy. What kind of candy did you like growing up? What are the odds? I have that in my van. Oh Come my over goodness. Here. I lost my dog. Come help me find it. <laughs> I, th- I think we're talking toys. I got a shout out. We must. First of all, Rachel and Lindsay for getting me this great gift mm-hmm. of a tamagotchi incredible gift thank you thank you thank you ladies it's been uh taking over my life for a while now <laughs> now i just every time he goes to the bathroom i just hear it beeping and i'm like oh my god he's playing with his tamagotchi that's so sweet <laughs> i miss my real dogs no the dogs are right here they miss you too but my tamagotchi's over there oh my gosh you're gonna raise it well you're gonna feed it lots of snacks and discipline it and it will grow into a beautiful little pixel art thing and you'll be very proud god i remember tamagotchis my cousins and i used to like do the connection with them where they like play games together and you can like have them go over to somebody else's tamagotchi you can connect them yeah not my model because they got me gen one but i think it was mm. like future generations there's like a little thing on top if you put them next to each other they can literally go to another tamagotchi's <gasps> house they can like they show up on your screen they can get married they can hang out it's really cool oh my cousins my and i would do that all the time We'd like all have like little Tamagotchi Connect parties. That's so fun. Oh yeah. my God. I wish I had that. I loved my Tamagotchi, but uh, didn't keep up with it. And I don't know where she is now. I hope you're not hungry and I hope you're not cold. <laughs> She's probably not hungry or cold. She's yeah. probably dead. It's probably method. I was very, very jealous of kids with like, not like video games, but like, oh my God, the Nintendo DS had such a vice grip on me and I'm still bitter that I never got one. <laughs> I had the DS and then we got the DS Lite. And for some reason, like, it was my brother's and I kept the DS and it was fucking dope. Ugh. I used to love the DS. We used to play hide and go seek Picto Chat. Huh? Me and my cousins and everything. Remember the Picto Chat thing? No, I never had a DS. So the DS had a feature where if you're all on, I think it's the same Wi-Fi network, you're all like within a certain range. You can, there's like a chat room what? where you can like drag and drop letters and type messages and like draw on there too. And we would always like go to like my uncle's house or my grandma's house and we would just like get our DSs, connect, get the group chat going, and we hide. Uh, and someone is off just like, you know, counting while we all hide in a certain spot. We got to draw where we are, or like write down hints or just like oh little God. things like that. It was super fun. We like draw maps and be like, I'm over here. And That's so cute. It was cool. It was fun. The DS was way ahead of its time. Yeah. It seemed like a fantastic piece of technology. But... Oh, and the best part was it played Game Boy games. Yeah. Because I had a Game Boy and it was the fucking greatest console next to like the PS2 or something. Yeah. I didn't really have games growing up, but like, I remember my first like gaming device was a little Game Boy Color from literally a neighbor's garage sale. And my dad was like, oh, fuck it. It's 10 bucks. Let's do it. 
and I played literally so much Mario on that and I had an incredible time. So the idea of taking that and putting it in a DS probably wouldn't have worked because it was a very old Game Boy. But like how fucking cool is that? But you put the cartridge in. The cartridge? You put the game into the DS. Oh. And it would play the Game Boy game. That's fabulous. Ugh, take me back. Take me back. Nintendo's really good about like cross console kind of gaming because they had like on the Wii you could play game gamecube yeah. games right yeah it was such a cool feature mm-hmm. i spent so long playing so many gamecube games with my friends we and it was a fabulous time those gamecube games were like really fun and honestly if i am able to play kirby air ride in the near future i would kill for it there's a new kirby coming out but i don't want to play that one i want to play the one i like <laughs> i mean you don't want to be giant kirby in a truck Huh? Yeah. The huh? New, the, uh, look at the trailer for the new game. It looks a little weird. Girl, don't but do this. It's Kirby. It should be fun. Gay icon Kirby. What are some other old video games that like just take you back? Definitely Nintendogs. That was my hyperfixation. I never had Nintendogs. It looked like a fantasy. Any child girl's fantasy was Nintendogs. What was your dog? I didn't have a dog. I just watched my friends play with their dogs. Wait, so you never actually had the game? No, I never had it, but I was obsessed. I was like hyper fixated on it. I wanted one so badly. <laughs> well, one game that I actually had, yeah. that, you know, means a lot to me. The Jack and Daxter trilogy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the first game was the very first PlayStation 2 game I ever played. Aww. And my brother and I, we didn't have a memory card at the time. So we would play the first like chunk of the game. Mm-hmm over and over and over again sometimes we'd leave the playstation on that we can just play in the morning or something and our parents were like my electricity bill is through the roof yeah (laughs) so eventually we got the the memory card we were able to like beat the game it was mind-blowing to like see new cutscenes that we hadn't seen for 30 fucking times and (laughs) explore parts of this giant endless map that we had never seen before yeah i watched you play one of those games in like your old apartment hooked up to your was it your ps2 Mm -hmm. no it looked super fucking cute and i remember like the cutscenes and the dialogue was like very funny and very like kind of cli- not cliche cliche is not the right word but like cutting edge and like a little spicy well the first game is is it's a kid's game essentially mm-hmm. and then the second and third game for some reason i don't know what did it but there was this big shift in the gaming industry that kind of pushed the series to be more toward the direction of like grand theft auto because all of a sudden you were able to be in this big sprawling city and hijack cars and he had guns and it took a really weird shift but i've never seen a game shift that hard in a different direction and it just worked somehow mm-hmm. and those three games even the racing game jack x i thought those were the shit when i was a kid and that and like ratchet and clank and sly cooper those are the games that like made the ps2 for me yeah i didn't know anybody with a ps2 so i had never seen those games and you were like oh no these are classics for me and like watching you replay some of them they seem very very cute and like really entertaining and kind of enriching for for the young people yeah that was like a golden era for video games back when like games had to be completed when they came out Mm -hmm. back when it you know there's no day one update or day one patch to fix it they had to be finished and not broken and it was just a great time to be into those kinds of games yeah oh my gosh no i definitely missed out on the ps2 it seemed like it was a lot of fun but there's one in the closet (laughs) it's hooked up to our tv if you ever want to use it true but i would have to learn a whole nother controller and let me tell you the xbox one was challenging enough they're all different buttons they all have different letters true 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 true. craziness meanwhile i was busting it open on my friend's ddr pad 
Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it was very cool. Oh, I, I did love the DDR pad, though. I would get into the fucking rhythm. Stomp, stomp, step to the left, do a little jumpy jump. That was kind of meditative looking back at it. It was very fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, So let's pivot a little bit. We're kind of on a certain subject. I want to lean towards something else. Yep. Let's talk about the progression of technology. Mm-hmm. Certain things like the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, with the new video games coming out, it's crazy what we can do with them. But It just so happens we were born and we grew up alongside of a lot of major developments in technology. Yeah, and I remember when around. the flip phone came out. Yeah. And it was like the thing, like the Razor. Mm-hmm. was the craziest piece of technology as a child mm-hmm. and now it's a hunk of <laughs> junk that someone's dad still definitely has on a clip on their belt it's for business <laughs> it's for business yeah not for drugs <laughs> do you remember hit clips i uh, i have no idea what that is hit clips oh my god they were the coolest <laughs> no idea it's like a little tiny mp3 device mm-hmm. and you kind of just like put in a mini chip with the artwork on it and it plays you a good minute or sometimes even an entire song. Mm-hmm. And people used to just have like a keychain of just like dozens of like songs. And that was the cool thing to have like the hit clip and like a collection of all your, your favorite songs like right next to it. And that was like a cool keychain when I was a kid. Oh my God. Wait, like how many songs could you put on it? You don't put it on. It's just like it's um, it's a player mm-hmm. and individual chips. Oh. We're, we're key- so you buy the songs individually and you can like put them on your keychain. You have like all these songs literally on your pocket. Oh my God. <laughs> they were cool though. It was cool. What? If someone had like, you know, their hit clip on their hip and they had like seven songs on it, you'd see like, oh, you got like a Britney Spears one or like, mm-hmm. you know, sync or something. That was the coolest thing at the time. I, I totally missed that. That sounds bonkers though. But what a way to get people to like buy a fraction of a song. Literally. You're, you're buying a fraction of the song for like five bucks. Oh my God, that's yeah. genius. Oh yeah. I'm surprised it didn't stick around though. Well, because we had, you know, obviously Streaming. technology mm-hmm. progressed. We had downloading MP3s. Yeah. And you went from hit clips to, to Zunes to iPods to so streaming. Fast. Yeah. Before you could even figure out what was going on, something new was happening and yeah. you were already behind. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that, was, that really was like a, a little renaissance of technology just technology yeah every day there was something completely new coming out Mm -hmm. and one of the smartest things i remember my dad saying especially in regards to like technology because i would i was a kid i wanted something new like oh my gosh this is the coolest new thing i need it oh my gosh and (laughs) his mantra was always like let's wait a couple years in a couple years this 400 hundred dollar piece of equipment will be 15 and we can get it and by that time so i I had moved completely moved on Mm mm-hmm He's a genius. He's yeah. a genius. But I do love, I do love the hit clips. It is giving tooth tunes, which uh, you you mentioned that. What the yeah, hell is that? I'm surprised you've never heard of this. This was like nationally marketed, from what I can remember. It was a toothbrush that. Oh yeah. I was like, of course you know tooth yeah. tunes. You know tooth tunes, and like if you brushed your teeth with the tooth tunes toothbrush, you could hear. <laughs> a boys to men song just vibrating inside your skull while you were cleaning your teeth <laughs> but i always have a boys to men song vibrating in my skull sean and that's why you didn't need tooth tunes but i feel like that's like the equivalent of like having your favorite song as your ringtone you mm-hmm. hate the song after a while <laughs> literally you have to do this chore to the justin bieber yeah i don't care how much you like the song you start to fucking hate it after a while it's torture it's simply by association i can't so shout out all the tooth tunes users uh let us know how you're doing <laughs> 
<laughs> How about you? Any other relics from the past besides your wonderful Tamagotchi? Little things. Little things. Do you remember when like clear technology or like transparent tech was the thing? Like so. like like Game Boy colors where the the plastic was see through or like those clear yeah. telephones everybody had or like people used to get those weird TVs that are like you can see all the gears and all the all the circuitry in the back. They used to sell TVs like that. Some of the bigger ones. That's bonkers. Or just like wacky TVs in general. Those giant like SpongeBob ones or Shrek ones that had yeah. the gears. Those are just a weird <laughs> piece of tech. You know what? It was truly the wild wild west. If it was capable of being done, someone was doing it. Oh yeah. And someone was scheming about it. <laughs> someone was making it a product that you could sell. Do you remember the the golden age of the App Store? Yeah, I do believe. I do be do. Pocket God, Temple mm-hmm. Run, everything was like free or 99 cents and it was like good shit. Doodle Jump, bro. Doodle Jump. I killed on Doodle Jump. That was so fun. And yeah, Pocket God was a great outlet for like people I was having beefs with to just like take it out on the little Pocket God people. And we can on. name them too after a while. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I used that feature as much as I needed to. It was fabulous. I loved that shit. They did like an update every like week or two weeks or a month and it always had like different islands and Mm -hmm. different characters it was a fun one long live the flash game too yeah r.i.p r.i.p to adobe flash player r.i.p to websites such as addicting games (laughs) crazy monkey games yeah dude i loved those websites we would be on them in the computer labs all the time playing fucking kitten cannon which (laughs) kitten cannon (laughs) you remember that yeah i was terrible at it but i loved watching like the boys play it in my school just to like watch them kind of interact with each other it was fascinating god do you remember neopets i loved neopets i was addicted to neopets oh my god i actually not too long ago was up just doing work one night and i went on this whole spiral about trying to find out which email i used for my neopets account so i could log back into it it was your mom's it wasn't it wasn't but it's long gone she's gone but i absolutely adored neopets i think i was addicted to making neopets more than it was maintaining them really i like the process like oh i'm gonna name it and pick the color and customize it and then Mm -hmm. so i got it and i forget the password and the name there was just like the aspect of the site that I feel like reeled a lot of people in was just the randomness of it. Like there would be like prize wheels and like if you go to a certain spot on the map, maybe you can find this. Or if you go to the the pet, the Neopet pet adoption thing, you can find all of these rare pets. And like the idea of like, oh, I need to be on it this time just in case. Or, oh, if I do this, then maybe I'll find this. And it's it's meaningless. It's pixels on a screen. But Got to hit them with that FOMO when they're young. Yeah. It was yeah. like kind of, it was giving a little bit of gambling, but I was having a great time. <laughs> as long as you're having fun. And I didn't spend any real money, which is the key element. Good. Exactly. Lots of time. Lots of time doing monotonous little flash games to earn coins so I could buy little whatever paintbrushes <laughs> and little foods. But I had a blast. What were some other like corners of the internet that consumed your time as a child oh my god adventure quest worlds was a big one with my friend group i have no idea what that is you yeah (laughs) people who had like i don't know social lives i feel like probably didn't run across this one but it was a flash game it was an online flash game and it was kind of like an mmorpg but it was just boiled down to its most basic parts so it could be run over an early 2010s web server um and you could like go on quests with like your little characters it was like medieval themed but also they had missions that were in space and blah 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 all these different parts of the world and you could like go look with your little (laughs) 
2D flash animated character and all this different shit. But it was like interactive. You could like play with strangers. And if your friends were online in the same server, you could like meet up with them. And honestly, it was very cool and very fun. But there were so many predators on there. It was insane. I mean, the internet's (laughs) like a fucking house for predators. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, truly the wild, wild west. Especially for video games at the time. Flash animations Mm -hmm. from like Newgrounds and stuff. Yeah, they they can make anything. They were like making George Bush animations and like these really awful things happening to him. Like, damn, yeah. you can't get away with that today at all. All sorts of weird niche shit existed. It was <laughs> incredible. Oh my God. Did you ever go on like, I know you told me you went on chat roulette a little yeah, bit. A little bit. Yeah. We go on like chat roulette or like Omegle. If, like me and the boys were hanging yeah. out on the board. That was the big one was Omegle. Yeah. That one was great. And you did like video chat, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you were when, simply I think bold. I think once they had it, well, I wouldn't do like on my own. It's like when me and our friends were just bored, we'd be like, do you want to go on? Oh my God, no. I no, was just, way too scared. No, we'd get insulted. Then we'd be like, yeah, we should turn it off now. <laughs> was it just like penises as far as the eye could see? Because I was convinced it was like what it was. Micro dicks and just like really rude, weird people. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> what a time to be alive. I guess. <laughs> Being insulted by a stranger from across the planet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we were there for it. I was a child. I was there. For I was there. I was there. You were there. It was fabulous. How about you? What were some of your <laughs> fixes on the, on the interwebs? I mean, probably the same realms of like YouTube as you. YouTube for sure was a big Charlie one. the Unicorn. Oh my God. Random ass YouTube video, Salad Fingers. Those were like. I actually could not stand Charlie the Unicorn. Well, that was kind of the point, wasn't it? Yeah, but like, oh no. I think I just had a lot of chums who were very very obsessed with it and all i would hear all the time was we're on a bridge charlie yeah, yeah. yep <laughs> no, that's fair it's crawling up my urethra <laughs> yeah but like i don't know the annoyance was funny to me but uh-huh. his deadpan reaction to being the straight man was what did it mm-hmm. yeah. and it was just so funny and easily accessible and they could produce all sorts of new episodes so obviously like it was a big hit well that's the thing is i think there were like two of them or something and i remember for the longest time fake thumbnails for charlie the unicorn three. Oh my god was there tea no just people just like i don't know you look up charlie the unicorn or eventually you know you get recommended charlie mm-hmm. the unicorn three and you look at it and the thumbnails like just a picture of him with like i don't know in the sky or in a burger king you're like you're oh like, what oh, is this i gotta click on it and oh then my it's god like, there's like some shitty like fan made version of it damn dude anything for views right they used to have the response button or the reply button on youtube oh yeah Remember you can, like directly reply to people's videos and that would sh- that would show up on your feed next that was chaotic and I, I would get a bunch of those and it turns like just drama and drama <laughs> and nonsense and i hated that <laughs> that's incredible early youtube drama God, back when there was like the star system and star system. Remember, you used to like rate reviews with like stars instead of thumbs up and thumbs down. Oh my god, I completely forgot about that. When the subscribe button was to the right. Oh, remember that? Web design is my passion. Yeah, I cannot. That's crazy. I think the earliest YouTube I remember was kind of like late middle school, Mm -hmm. where like it was kind of still an unexplored platform, but there were like a sizable amount of like regularly followed creators that were able to like quit their day jobs and use youtube to make money it was like a couple like shane and ray william johnson and jenna marbles and like all of those titans of youtube but that was the era that i remember the best yeah i feel like that era especially the ray william johnson he was like the pioneer of taking other people's footage and reacting (laughs) to it and just giving really shitty jokes, but you didn't care about the jokes. You cared about the video. Mm-hmm. He could source a good clip. Yeah. Well, eventually when the when the shtick died out, mm-hmm. 
it you realize like i'd rather just watch the video itself <laughs> he's kind of annoying yeah uh, i heard he's like blown up on tiktok though isn't he is he i know he's got like a really large facebook presence oh i have no idea i i haven't seen him on tiktok too much i have seen the occasional video but if he's blowing up good for you man <laughs> oh no I, I i stopped paying attention to him when people made fun of me for looking like him Aww. in like eighth grade you really don't even look i like don't him, but though. i i don't oh, know i had brown skin <laughs> and i was loud and stupid and short suddenly so. it's ray william johnson yeah. hello welcome what's happening for him doing your mom doing doing your mom <laughs> i thought that was so funny and now looking back it's like oh yeah no i was in the eighth grade but eh, he's D- trying didn't he do like an animated group yeah he had like a whole animated music group your like, favorite martian yeah that's what yeah. it was called and yeah. i loved some of those songs like it was definitely mostly about like boobs and getting too drunk and shit but like i was like oh this is so cool this is so edgy oh i feel my like God. they had like the first run of songs recorded and animated mm-hmm. they're like yo we'll upload these and they were pretty good mm-hmm. and then they couldn't keep up because yeah. i feel like after that they started making like lower lesser quality animation and just the music just shit kinda, out yeah and the music just kind of lost its its charm it was no longer like fun anymore mm. it, it was i remember that so well i don't know why i watched those videos so many times <laughs> i just remember it was stalking your mom instead of doing your yeah. mom and then there was like tiggle bitties oh my god song about boobies there's one where they're like drinking orphans tears or something yeah <laughs> doesn't that feature like like wax or something is featured on that song Who? wax wax interesting i'll, we'll cut, have to look I'll, this I'll up. cut that out if i'm wrong <laughs> we'll have to take another little trip down your favorite martian lane but production note i was right yeah <laughs> oh my god in case i need that sound bite <laughs> just in case just in case now i loved ray william johnson for a second there it was fun watching those like early like youtube trends really take off was so interesting like you remember when the only videos on youtube.com were happy wheels fail reactions happy wheels you remember happy wheels the game right yeah and it was like so many youtubers blew up on just doing happy wheels content like maps where they like get stabbed and shot a bunch of times and blah, i don't blah, think blah. i was around for that time oh i was i was in it bro i was no. in video game content <laughs> so much no i think at the time i was just more like i was pretty casual on youtube kind of just watching the people that i like talking about like movies and music and then like the viral video every now and then mm. yeah heck yeah but all those trends and everything i never i don't know they never clicked with me what is it owling and like yeah the cinnamon challenge planking planking mm-hmm. yeah that was stupid what is it i did the cinnamon challenge i almost died doing that me one. too yeah. oh my god it was miserable mm-hmm. i just remember doing it and then being like whoa you can blow a huge cinnamon cloud and that looks kind of cool so i did it a couple more times or you can cough one and it <laughs> hurts and then you're fighting over water with your cousin because you guys are both idiots and can't say i relate exactly but i'm happy you made it <laughs> i'm happy you're still here yeah me too made it out of the cinnamon challenge we survived the cinnamon challenge but did you survive Coney 2012. I did survive Coney 2012. I was almost swayed by it. And I'm so happy I never got in. Almost. Almost. And I was like, maybe I should. And then I didn't. And I'm so grateful I don't have any Coney 2012 merch laying around. But what if I did? What if I did? I would wear a Coney 2012 shirt (laughs) nowadays. But like, I feel like at the time, what was it? The Invisible Children company whatever the foundation was that little box you get. Like, oh, I got a bracelet. That says I donated. It was very vain. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Maybe as a child, I was very aware of propaganda. But mm-hmm. seeing that little kid go, is that the bad guy from Star Wars? Like, this is <laughs> bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. That was like one of the first 
hashtag activism moments I remember. Hashtag so. slacktivism. Yeah, it was literally. Cover the night. Let yeah. people know. It was oh my so God. The dumb. laziest thing to just like inspire a bunch of middle class kids to be like, no, mom, it's important that you buy me this $50 box from the internet. I can't stop Coney unless you do this for me. And then people started posting false information. They use like pictures of uh, the guy from Predator that looked like Jesse Oh my Coney. God. <laughs> Uh, they use like screenshots of Sergeant Johnson from Halo. It was crazy. Incredible. Yeah. I Oh, that was a scheme, dude. That you want, you want to know the worst part about it? I think the very worst part about Coney 2012, to this day, I don't know if he's dead or alive and still doing his thing. Me either. I don't know if the organization success, like succeeded or failed. The organization, definitely. I think either pivoted hard or went under because I... Do you remember seeing something about the two creators behind the whole movement and the backlash that happened after Coney 2012? And they definitely are not doing anything similar at the moment to Coney 2012. And I don't think anybody will for a long time. But Well, was... you know what happened to the main guy, right? Didn't he like go to prison? No, he got famous so quickly. Yeah. And then he went crazy and started jerking off in fucking San Diego or something. Oh my God, and he totally burned out. I don't think he burned out. I think he was having a mental breakdown oh, and just no. got naked and got angry in the street. And somebody at fucking TMZ recorded hey, it. Hey, yo. Yeah. Coney 2012 guy. I hope you're doing better. Fucking hell. <laughs> that was a wild one, though. That was a big deal. Everybody was talking about that. God. You remember it? Remember that? I remember it. Remember that? It was remember crazy. That. I was there. You were there. It was bonkers. What are some other big moments for you? Mm. Internet wise. Internet wise? Club Penguin shutting down was a big one. That's not like that happened when we were adults. But honestly, I care. (laughs) Did you ever play it? Yeah, I loved playing it growing up. My aunt used to um, work for Disney. And so she would lovingly, God bless, get us in on the little membership. So I felt like the the Uber Riche going on to Club Penguin and having the (laughs) the special little outfits. I got to flex. Did you play it? A little bit. I had uh, a couple accounts. I was just bad at keeping up with my passwords and stuff but i had one with like a puffle oh yes like a pink puffle or something that i won or like a black puffle Ooh, yeah love that i don't know i wasn't too big into it. a lot of my friends were but i was not mm-hmm. yeah i think one of the last things i did with my club penguin account was try and cuss on it <laughs> i got banned saying cucumber one time oh work because the word come is in the middle of cucumber that's of no fault of the cucumbers just the english language quit hating disney jeez oh well i will well i'd say make another one and try it again but no longer with us yeah so sad all those like (laughs) all those big internet moments so fun (laughs) i don't know i think the big internet spaces that i existed in were like definitely youtube i kind of perused deviantart do you remember that shit yeah it's still around but DeviantArt was wild. DeviantArt is wild. It currently is very wild. It's like <laughs> overrun by furries now. It's incredible. But yeah, I was very into like a lot of like specific niche little fan clubs. And I would be a teenage girl and want to like look at fan art. And after a couple pages of DeviantArt scrolling, it gets to be a little crazy. And I just remember being like, what is this website? I can't handle this. That's where I discovered like Rule 34. Yeah. Just oh my God. When I saw like there's a trend of a character being fetishized and mm-hmm. i see the tag rule 34 I'm like what is that wait a minute and then 
an entire world was unlocked. Then it was downhill. Downhill from there. <laughs> you were on like a lot more anonymous forums than I was. You were on like 4chan for a second there, right? I mean, like it's not like I was on it all the time. Um, mostly the music board, if I'm being like completely honest. Mm-hmm. It was a great place to like discover music, but I don't know, all the weird shit, all the the raids going on between like various websites or just like, I don't know, B is an awful place. That's an awful fucking link. Don't. Which one is that? So Fortune has like different boards, mm-hmm. subreddits if you want to like break it down in a Reddit brain. Cause mm-hmm. I know you go on Reddit. I'm Reddit brained. Don't tell anybody. But yeah, there's boards and there's kind of like subcategories and they all have like a different letter to them. Mm. TVs for movies and television. MU is for music. B was just random. Oh. And certain boards you can post inappropriate things or other ones are moderated and others you can only have like the music board you can't post anything inappropriate in there Mm -hmm. b you can post whatever you want it's the wild west yeah it really is and whenever i'd go on there it was just like a random story that meant nothing to me or just porn yeah yeah ain't that something though that it was just right next door the entire time just one link away Mm -hmm. i'm I'm crazy sitting there discovering music and one click away is the weirdest fucking porn i've ever Mm -hmm. seen and I'd click on it sometimes. You'd be like, I'm just curious what what they're posting on there. Exactly. What are you going to do? Not click it? You don't know what it is. And then you're scarred for life. <laughs> and, then you, and then you find a wrecked thread and you're, and you're done for the night. A what thread? A wrecked thread. What is that? People just posting the most disturbing videos of people being crushed or killed. Or, oh, God. Yeah. Just on the internet. Well, like anywhere. It doesn't have to be on the internet where they're dying. But people, people would post it on there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I miss that. I definitely got a little occasional unwanted porn but that was like tumblr porn no i i seen some shit man i seen it i seen it (laughs) it's the brain pain coach (laughs) yeah culture wise i followed mostly youtube stuff but yeah i you were around for a lot of like wild shit on 4chan and reddit and stuff kind of yeah i've seen some some dark times on both (laughs) websites i saw the time when reddit tried to Find the Boston bomber. Oh my god, you told me about this. Yeah, we did it. Reddit. Ha. Famous phrase. Yucky. Awful, awful place. <laughs> a series of unfortunate events, truly. Reddit had a subreddit called Jailbait. W- Hello? Years and years <laughs> ago. Back when Reddit was pretty small, and all it was is just people posting underage girls in as revealing of clothing as possible, but keeping it legal, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think some media outlet covered it because maybe there was a post that was a little too pornographic, a little too revealing or something, but like the moderator looks exactly how you'd imagine him to be. Ugh. Um, it was just, it was an awful place and obviously it was shut down. But for a while that was like Reddit's big issue mm-hmm. was how do we maintain this website, this subreddit that's following the guidelines and being legal until eventually it wasn't. Yeah. Like where, where do you step in and say like, well, as a company, we just don't want to do this. Yeah. Well, it it was we're still figuring out kind of the happy medium between all of that. I don't know if it'll ever truly reach like you should feel free and like anonymous and don't worry about your data getting stolen or like getting doxxed or whatever. But also like we're keeping things under control and you won't get scarred for life here. Yeah, like I get the point of keeping tabs on people. You want to know what your society is up to. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I I think the internet should remain anonymous and that's the beauty of it in my opinion is mm-hmm. not knowing who you're talking to and getting resources through a complete stranger to be honest yeah and i think that's kind of what i miss in a weird way about like the internet kind of 
fact starting out is there's no rules Mm -hmm. and now it seems like it's very regulated damn near everything is regulated which obviously it's to keep people safe but in that same vein like people's information's getting stolen super easy like but it's not that hard to go to like truly anonymous websites or just mm-hmm. like even like torchan is like not even like that deep of web but it's pretty fucking anonymous i think it's just like surveillance technology is developed so much beyond what i am even capable of understanding at the moment that i don't feel safe anymore mm-hmm well like not that i was like a big anonymous resident like internet user that was like oh i can't wait to post fucked up shit and nobody knows it's me like i I didn't do that Mm -hmm. but i appreciate that there was an outlet for it and now i don't really know where it is anymore like or if there's like anywhere online that is completely and truly hand to god anonymous and i don't think there is all over the internet yeah it's it's not that hard to be anonymous on the internet is it not at all i don't know i just don't trust people there's you can get entire browsers that are purely anonymous that don't track you um you can get browsers that get you into quote unquote the deep web and onion routers it's not hard at all no and like i've done that but i just wish for main websites mainstream sites wouldn't be so complicated just go untracked or Mm -hmm. not take all my data like i don't have to put my face on something Mm -hmm. you know i can do something i can consume something i can listen to a certain podcast or a music or whatever and or a music (laughs) and my face isn't attached to it yeah my name my face my address everything about me yeah is no longer a statistic Mm -hmm. and is being tracked by every little thing i do i'd rather just exists as a person yeah i got nothing to hide but i do want privacy Mm -hmm. you know and i don't know i definitely appreciate social media and fear social media as everybody should Mm -hmm. to a certain degree but i do kind of resent that the only like major things i usually do using the internet are like social media related and involve my face and my name and my friends and my information and pictures and data on my phone and like that's because i have to it's for work it's for keeping up with people it's for making sure everybody's okay yeah and your options are either go with android where they're selling it to everyone Mm -hmm. or you go to apple where only apple has your data yeah and it's just one of those lesser two evils and like fuck it like i don't even care which one at this point Mm -hmm. i just want to go on the internet it's just really interesting to try and figure out how to navigate and i'm very interested to see like where we go yeah like what's next are we gonna say fuck it and pull back on the whole thing or are we just gonna lean in what's happening i think leaning in i think people are realizing they make a lot more money embracing the internet showing Mm -hmm. your face and being stupid or being hypersexualized Mm -hmm. or that's that's the money maker now i just how does that not terrify you Oh, it does. That's why I don't like society nowadays. (laughs) We live in a society. We live in a society. We live in a society. Yeah, I I think, I mean, God bless anybody who uses social media for their living or just like to boost their careers and to network. I totally get that. But it's such a large audience. Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons to anything, obviously. And anything can be done in moderation is healthy. But I don't know. For me personally, it's just... It's not my lifestyle. I'm not really one to post much or be on social media much. Mm -hmm. It's just how things have evolved. And I guess I do kind of miss being in the middle of it all in a sense. Like I was very into like Facebook when it was just getting started. And that was crazy. It was super cool. And now I'm just kind of like, 
burnt out. <laughs> well, it was the coolest new drug at the time, you know? Yeah. And I guess it's just worn off and I'm waiting for what's next in a certain sense, but also... I mean, you have what's next. It's TikTok. TikTok. I love my TikTok. Fuck. I use TikTok every day for work and for personal reasons. Yeah. But yeah, I just... it. Part of me is like, when's the new cool thing going to be something that doesn't involve my face, my name, mm-hmm. tits, ass, diet pills, yeah. BBL? Like, wh- wh- what's next? <laughs> mm-hmm. What's next? But you need a certain degree of social media to just like network, especially in the field that we're in. In that same vein of just like weird parts of the internet, there's viral videos that I feel like everyone has seen before. Mm-hmm. Two girls, one cousin, <laughs> one of them. I actually have never seen it. I saw it enough times and now I just hear the music. It's like a it's like a Schrodinger's dog response where it's like fear. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just get kinda I, I sweat. My back gets all sweaty and I get kinda nervous. Yeah, no, I avoided it like the plague. Even if like a frame would pop up, I'd be like, We're closing this out right right now. We're shutting it down. I'm not watching this. But just like hearing people like watching reactions to people watching fun that was insane (laughs) yeah especially like when you know the beats coming up start watching people's reactions yeah Yeah. like the oh first time watching two girls one cup uploaded to youtube click i'm watching that and i watch your face just like everybody else's it goes from oh what's this to horror to shame to disgust to emptiness that one was bonkers also just like shock websites in general meat mm-hmm. spin lemon party yo yes yeah. i knew about lemon party that was tough for me also googling what blue waffle was for the first time was um traumatizing and i definitely shut that out until just now and now i'm remembering <laughs> and i kind of want to die blue waffle that was a wild one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was a wild time on the internet and on that note we are just about running out of time mm-hmm I wanted to wrap up with a quote yes. on nostalgia. It isn't necessary to imagine the world ending in fire or ice. There are two other possibilities. One is paperwork and the other is nostalgia. Eventually, within the next quarter century, the nostalgia cycles will be so close together that people will not be able to take a step without being nostalgic for the one they just took. At that point, everything stops. Death by nostalgia. That is a quote by the late and great Frank Zappa, the artist behind such great hits as Don't Eat the Yellow Snow (laughs) and Willie the Pimp. (laughs) That was awful prophetic, Frank Zappa. Thank you for that. It it is quite interesting how, I believe that quote goes back to the 70s or 80s or something. Really? Yeah. And seeing, you know, maybe he was a little bit right because it seems like we're at a weird time where everything is being remade or rebranded or redistributed or sequeled or prequeled or something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like nothing is sacred anymore. I actually, I had a list of a couple hundred, honestly, remakes and sequels that we've seen in oh, television and film the last 10 years. Yeah, it's quite the extensive list. And oh, some of them, you know, made multiple times. But what are your thoughts on that quote? Do you think it holds true? Um, To a certain sense, I think it's like a very astute and well-delivered observation because things are cycling objectively faster and faster every day just because information spreads faster and faster. Um, I don't think I necessarily feel as despondent about it. I, I don't really think nostalgia in and of itself is a good or a bad thing. It just is. Mm-hmm. It's not so much a thing, but like remembering a feeling. And I like remembering feeling, good feeling, bad feeling, 
blah feeling. It's nice to be able to remember things. And it's nice to be able to be inspired by what you remember and what you remember enjoying and trying to kind of reinvent it for a new generation. But in that same vein, where's the originality? Yeah, I'm tired of seeing the same biopic yeah. of a musician from the 50s to the 70s. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of being fed the idea that, no, no, this band from this certain time really was the best without any reflection on the present day. Mm-hmm. I think nostalgia is great. It's good to feel good about the past. Yeah. But at the same time, it shouldn't be a state of mind. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the television and movies being produced now it all is just like hey remember this time Mm -hmm. this time where things were better things nowadays kind of suck don't they Mm -hmm. and i feel like if you're the kind of person that doesn't embrace newness in the world Mm -hmm. new music new film new mediums new art and challenges themselves it's a really unhealthy place to be in my opinion Mm -hmm. where everything is just oh yay more star trek more of these characters that probably should have had an honorable death 30 some years ago and And i think here we are And here we are where everything's being remade. And I think my worry is that as somebody who is in a creative field and wants to embrace creativity, it worries me that I feel like maybe someday no one will be able to have an original story without putting on some kind of nostalgia factor. Mm -hmm. You You know, the next original love story might have to be Joker and Harley Quinn as the main characters just because it's guaranteed to make more money Mm -hmm. because it brings in that nostalgia factor. The next action movie that's going to break all these records will probably be a remake of a character or an IP that we've seen in the past. And it's just, that's the way things are sold nowadays. It's really hard to buy into originality. And I I see that. And that's definitely true. Like nostalgia sells that it it will make corporations money. So that is simply what will happen. But I don't think that should reflect on nostalgia wholly just because it's not so much like a thing as like a tool it's you can use it for to inspire something that is original and new like to once again shout out miss olivia rodrigo she borrows incredibly heavily from like 2010s early 2000s like pop punk records incredibly heavily and she uses that kind of takes that sound and in a sense reinvents it Mm -hmm. and gives it to kids who will listen to it for the first time and think I have no idea what this connection to the past is, but I fucking love this. This is so cool. So you can use nostalgia for good things to create new things that people will attach themselves to. But you can also (laughs) be a corporate shell and say, we need another Jurassic Park movie because X, Y, and Z. Well, that's the thing is that there's the creative aspect of nostalgia, and that is listening to old music and being inspired. Mm -hmm. Olivia Rodrigo taking inspiration from music that is five years old. Mm -hmm. I don't consider that nostalgia. I think that's her saying, this sound works, this sound is proven to work, and I like it, I will improve upon it. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like a lot of the quote-unquote nostalgia I was talking about is, this thing worked, let's do it again. Mm -hmm. Let's just keep milking the fucking cow. Whereas Olivia is taking something and making something new out of it. Mm -hmm. You can have another band who took a lot of inspiration from Led Zeppelin and is now copying their entire sound. Eventually, people will catch on and go, hey, Greta Van Fleet, you're kind of ripping <laughs> off that sound. You Calling know? them out. Yeah. And they just go, oh, no, we're just so inspired. Okay, well, it seems like you only listen to one artist and mm-hmm. you're copying them. Rather than pulling from an era or a generation of sounds and music, you're just trying it again. Mm-hmm. No changes at all. And you can do it without putting the work in and saying, like, oh, this is, this is going to be the easy way out. People like this. I'll just copy it. Mm-hmm. But... 
I hope I hope more people out there use it to just like inspire them to say, oh, this was so new to me. What can I do using this that will feel new to people who listen to it, watch it, read it, X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I feel like it's a lot like fashion. Fashion never dies, Mm -hmm. but it is extremely cyclical. Mm -hmm. But the way fashion works typically is a trend exists and it will either die out or thrive. And the way it dies out and thrives is, is purely reactionary. It is either a direct reaction to it we don't like it mm-hmm. we're going to change it up and that one will that version of it will thrive or we like it so much it is stagnant mm-hmm. plain jeans blue jeans will never go will never go mm-hmm. it's just one of those things but mullets for example <laughs> we see them come and go but every time it's, it's a different variation to it yeah it's no no when it's clean it looks weird when it's a little ratty it gives it character you need some layers you need some must yeah you don't comb it back anymore you put bangs with it you know it it changes with the generation because it is based on reaction and i feel like in that same vein i wouldn't mind seeing nostalgia used to that effect i Mm -hmm. wouldn't mind seeing old ips repurposed totally different i'm not saying the new fresh prince is going to be a great (laughs) show but hearing will smith go fresh prince needs to be a darker drama about black lives in the modern age that excites fuck me it. yeah that that intrigues me and if the only thing that is holding it is once again it's characters and names that you're familiar with what mm-hmm. fucking ever that could have been its own show easily yeah, easily so i hope they do enough to i don't know i guess do a justice to fresh prince and what they're going for now yeah the freshest version of a prince the we can get freshest princiest 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 prince yeah maybe it'll be a happy marriage yeah maybe and well we're out of time i gotta go feed my tamagotchi (laughs) or else it will poop itself to death it will poop itself to death we gotta go we gotta go take care of our little toys (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode it's a really fun trip down memory lane with you sean yeah i had a blast thanks andy thanks for reliving some childhood tween age shit with me on this beautiful beautiful monday yeah Have have a good night have a good night everybody have a good night everybody i hope you're feeling nostalgic and i hope you're remembering things that you liked